Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Yo. Reed, aka Sick Robot. Hey, how you doing? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. What's up, everyone? Uh, and in this episode, uh, we're going to be covering the ban list. Oh, dude, how long? Who, how wow. long have, have have people been waiting for this one? I feel like how, this is how yeah. late are we on this one? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we we thought it would be too touchy of a subject when the whole flash stuff was going on, um, and we also we sort of yeah. thought that we should probably like, you know, like research it a bit. And then we realized yeah, the, that like there was, it's just there was a way time more entertaining like, to give our hot takes on it. Yeah, <laughs> where where people were, were like the form the format splitting was a reasonable concern, and yeah. it felt a bit you know tone deaf to be talking about um, what we think should be banned and alternate ban lists and blah blah blah. Um, I wouldn't but, split the format, but if I were to, <laughs> <laughs> but now yeah, it's shit post the clock. Yeah, the so, gates have opened. <laughs> great. Very, very exciting topic. Um, but before we get into that, uh, what have you guys been doing since the last episode? Uh, I've been trying to keep up with way too many online games. <laughs> Far too many at once. It's not been a great time. I just split my time fairly effectively. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I've been consistently getting to like the like level 75, 85 range in path, and my characters have been ripping, so I'm on like my, <laughs> my fifth this league, so... Oh, no. Not the not the best. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, going ham on Vintage Cube. Just, yeah, you have. Oh man, <laughs> drafting up a storm. Oh, I drafted. I drafted this incredibly weird but great deck um, with a friend that was green black reanimator. <laughs> oh, I think I've I've drafted green black reanimator once, and it was it was very it was, good. It performed very well for me. It, it's actually like it's it's actually surprisingly good when you have like a sylvan library uh and like a bunch of like the green black removals so like assassin's trophy pernicious deeds stuff like that well it just turned it turned my, my list turned into green black reanimator like i started as drafting green ramp and then i just got a bunch of reanimator cards oh sure and the, and the good thing about the green black reanimator list when you get stuff like rafellos or whatever is that you can actually cast your reanimator threats right <laughs> yeah true <laughs> i mean that that also lets you go into eureka at some point if you really want <laughs> yeah, to go yeah, yeah. it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh spice. i love that card um, I drafted I drafted a super meme storm deck that like was just missing a couple things that would have made it all like very easy. And so it was a lot of work every game. But in the last <laughs> game, I put 715 points of expansion explosion on the stack. And that <laughs> oh felt good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I haven't been jamming too much uh EDH lately. I've been uh uh, trying to like putting a bunch of my decks and, and lists through a rebuild and like all my decks or like my paper decks are in a state of uh, like medium to incomplete assembly. So shame just, on you for actually taking time out of jamming to maintain lists <laughs> that need maintaining. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully I'll be done that soon, but I am super slow uh, about that. So I want to be jamming some games again with uh, some fresh lists. We've also been uh, working to restore our honor in the nexus super league oh my god have we been working hard at yeah, that one you guys have so been last, doing all right last episode we were one and five and now we're uh three and seven 
nice. which is which is better much better sure. yeah <laughs> definitely 100 percent better yeah it's a lot better i have one um, last game to prove my worth <laughs> yeah exactly otherwise we're kicking him off the and team. i'm playing the, the kenrith ball of cards that we had to put into the deck so <laughs> hopefully kenrith i just get m21 cards. Yeah, yeah. hopefully i just get the turn two console win <laughs> i believe in you okay well without further ado let's jump into housekeeping and as always in housekeeping we cover our new patrons and today uh we have one new patron so big shout out to kevin b say it you yeah. rock <laughs> you are a rock <laughs> yeah that's a good spot. You are the rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's it for housekeeping. And we've got a few new developments. Um, so first off, Reed, you can get this one since this is uh, kind of your shtick. Uh, sure. At the time we're recording, um, we have recently updated the decklist database. Um, we're, we're actually moving to like a more monthly schedule, which is neat. Definitely better because we had one update recently where we had to sift through about 150 entries. Oof. <laughs> for oh, a <yeah>. single update <laughs> which but, um Reed, did you add my pet deck to recommend it yet <laughs> dude when is Goreclaw stompy storm gonna get off the meme page into the can real you, can list you add, but can you add my deck that's two cards off the main list as an alternate list <laughs> oh it's a, yeah if it's that then it's just painful <laughs> no actually Reed, i would uh, like my my deck that is is uh two cards off the uh main list to be a separate entry completely please oh yeah, yeah sure yeah. sure and and even though the main list isn't recommended i want my list to be recommended yeah, right man. you just yeah. don't yeah. get how special it is you just don't get it <laughs> okay uh but yeah i mean so um if people haven't known we've been bringing on new people we recently brought on sinestra who is very active as a mentor in the cdh discord um super great guy uh Top very your keyboard masher oh yeah 100 percent uh yeah i mean i definitely respect his opinions on a lot of decks and a lot of choices and stuff like that and that's why we brought him on or at least partially why we brought him on um so that's been a big help um and yeah we've also you know like we've started putting in some work to set up some um you know like guidelines and stuff for review processes and such which is nice. And also we've got Average Dragon back. Yay! So we actually have our web developer back so we can actually update the site for once. Because, oh my god, has it been annoying not being able to get updates onto the site. Or, like, actually getting, like, UI updates, so... Sick. Um, I don't know if this is actually public yet. I'll say it anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're working on a full overhaul for the UI and getting a full um, basically, like, new website up um so we're working on that and it'll be up in a bit so keep your eyes peeled because that's gonna be great and it's gonna have a bunch more options and be a lot more usable awesome down with that uh, already but it's already pretty usable morgan you've got uh, two points on here to cover from the subreddit sure do uh, so the first was an update to the cedh metagame project v2 by squirrel mob so he's uh, made a form where people can submit their games with some information about them. Uh, and it's definitely some, uh, provides some very interesting uh, data. And, uh, you know, we just get to, uh, like, we get to see, you know, how certain decks are performing and you know, certain things like uh, it tracks what 
turn games are ending on and how that interacts with you know things like seating order um and there's a lot of interesting uh takeaways you know some stuff based on the sample size and how noisy the data might be it's you know you can't necessarily draw conclusions but you know there if a deck has a hundred and some odd games played on it you know you start to get a pretty good sense of how well it actually performs um and there's uh yeah there's definitely some some cool stuff uh some of the decks that are seeing a lot of play and some of the decks that are doing really well like might not be uh, what you'd expect but uh, i'd encourage you to go check it out if you're interested in data analysis and you know the metagame overall rather than your uh, sort of more local one and also i encourage everyone uh, even though i'm kind of a hypocrite because i'm often too lazy to do it myself i do encourage everyone to submit their games to uh the form which we'll make sure to link in the description because uh more data can only uh let us draw stronger and better conclusions and you i think i do this every time but i do really want to stress the importance of like just how cool having turn data and seating data is because you don't really like we haven't really been capturing that in a lot of like rank ladders and stuff like that so having like real solid data on how seeding affects um, win rates and all that kind of stuff is really interesting, really important. Also, the matchup data I find very interesting. Um, well, I, I, I kind of skim through for like read stuff on like Gitrog because duh, uh, and uh, seeing that Gitrog apparently has you know kind of a standard matchup against everything except you know a detrimental matchup against Kess based off this you know relatively small sample size kind of makes sense if Kess is like doing some clasms or something like that but yeah clasms and counter spells sounds like a bad time for get <laughs> um yeah i don't know i found that to be uh be pretty interesting yeah i think like certainly i've seen people you know use it to draw like very strong conclusions and i would definitely caution against that because first of all you know people i think are overzealous about dismissing things based on sample size but particularly when you start looking at matchup data you know having 10 games played of deck a against deck b is like sample size is a very real concern there mm -hmm. um but also we don't necessarily know how much the data might be skewed by like certain groups that are reporting um and player skill and even potential record recording biases like people who only record games that they win i mean if like i it, was being if i was submitting my my games you know the get rug win rate would be at least 10% higher, so... <laughs> I mean, what, what would be... Actually, what, what might be Prove an interesting it. thing to add to the form would be to, like, essentially just asking if the person reporting is the person who won. Like, because I, I wonder what percentage of the games are reported by the That's person actually a really won. good idea, yeah. Mm, yeah. Or a really interesting like idea. It, you anyway. know, and it is also possible that groups just... Like, if everyone in a group submits, you might just say, like, oh, whoever wins will re record it, or whatever, but, like... It is also possible that there are some people who their playgroup doesn't record as a matter of course, and they record the games they win. Yeah. But, oh, cool. And the last thing and, yeah, from the subreddit? The last thing is uh, an update to uh, Playing With Power's competitive EDH staples list. Um, and there's some really... So this is they, they look at decks in the decklist database... And then they uh, just sort of aggregate all the cards and look at sort of the most popular ones. Um, and we've seen a big uptick in 
uh, Breach and Brain Freeze and Savine's Reclamation. Um, so those are all seeing a lot more play recently. Uh, the last update was in May, which was pretty shortly after the flash ban. Um, so yeah, now that's uh, you know people are people are sort of shifting. I've seen a lot of that and a lot of you know of the more like dockside stormy type lists like Blue Farm, uh, and and very and you know different takes on that style of deck. I think are becoming more popular. Um, Snap was also added in. Uh, which is obviously a card that pe people are playing to abuse Dockside even harder. Um, a big drop in the use of Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. Uh, which, which is, is super kinda, interesting. I mean, I think people are actually coming to the realization that you don't need it in a lot of decks. Like in decks that have console lines and then one other win, you don't need Jace a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um Especially, especially now that uh, rest in pieces is like a much less prevalent card that people this are looking to play. Definitely true. There's a lot less grave hate now. Yeah. So, uh, although I don't know if if people continue to just be playing these like wombo combo breach brain freeze decks, like I could see certain more controlling decks that can ignore it wanting to actually slot uh, rest in peace back in, but. Who knows? Like, obviously, it's never going to be as good against them as it was against Flash, but... Yeah, yeah. no, 100%, but, but still. It might yeah. still be good enough. Or or potentially uh, Cage, just because it stops Breach, at least while it's in play, and also stops, like, the, to play Creature Tutors that are pretty common, Neoform and Eldritch Evolution and whatnot. Do you know what else so, stops Breach? Good old Dranith Magistrate. Yeah, Dranith Magistrate is definitely a good one against it. But <laughs> specifically, we might bring this card up specifically later in the rest episode. Piece, like, <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. When they remove rest in peace, it's still going to be hard for them to just breach combo. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very it like rest in peace just makes it very difficult for breach to get off the ground even after getting removed. Which is I just don't want rest in peace to become a thing because you know get <laughs> we know why. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have to tell us. <laughs> and if it happens that some of your metagame is made out of the Git Rock monster <laughs> and potentially like a Razaketh reanimator deck. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Somebody, you know? <laughs> Okay. And like a hermit druid deck, you oh know, boy. maybe make some rest hey. in pieces. Hey. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I feel it's going I in play, a different direction I play now. Kess and Anala, so. Definitely fair. Okay. I get hit, well, I get hit by rest in peace. Time to get into the interesting topic, and that is the ban list. Uh, so we've we've broken down the the EDH ban list. We're not going to read out the entire ban list. You know, if you want to see what it we? is, look it up. Um, Let's just read out the entire ban list yeah. <laughs> as we go through the categories. Why not? Reading out the entire EDH ban list ASMR. I know we've got at least one listener who would be interested in that. <laughs> we've pretty much, that. We've pretty much already done it in the show notes, so it's not that definitely, much of a stretch. Definitely go hop on, hop on Patreon, become a patron, and then show us more so that we can do an ASMR episode yeah. <laughs> and get <laughs> capture that whole community. Yeah. Uh, ASMR <laughs> proxy cutting and sleeving my oh my god, oh my god, dude! I can make so many episodes of that per yeah. week. <laughs> Uh, so we've broken down the ban list into five categories, uh, and these categories are what we've called fake cards, uh, broken, um, and this is based on power level, then we've got broken based on gameplay, 
the unbannables. Uh, so, you know, cards that could maybe be unbanned. Uh, and that's with a big question mark after that because yeah. you know it's like yeah, yeah is it um the, this that's definitely the interesting part of the list yeah and that's yeah. where most of our discussion is going to take place i think and then uh the last category which is totally fine so cards that we think could be just unbanned right now and of course i think this this should go without saying but we'll say it anyway this is from the con- uh the context of a cedh perspective <laughs> lots of cards yeah. on this list if yeah, have you know, very good reasons to be on this list for casual play yeah absolutely yes. and and like doesn't mean we're like oh you know what let's unban like, cards that are totally fine let's uh let me let me take a look let's, sylvan primordial is yeah. fun for casuals yeah, to play against love right that. Yeah. right <laughs> right uh, yeah, Prime so. time, why are you stuck, band? <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me, baby. Okay. Why don't we why don't we run through the fake cards and the totally fine yeah. cards yeah, first yeah, yeah. and just get them out of the way? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Sure. Uh Morgan, since you brought it up, why don't you share? Sure. I'll start with the, the fake cards. So we have uh Shahara Rara Harazad. Um is which is that offensive? <laughs> okay. We'll just go. We have so the first fake card we have is Shaharazad. Um, sub games are miserable. The card, the amount of time for the impact on the game is just so completely miserably far out of whack. And pretty much the only, th- the only quote unquote fun thing you can do with this is like pull it out of previous games or cast it a whole bunch of times and literally make the game take as long as possible. Like that's the yeah. most funny thing you can do with this card. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember Morgan? We had a we had a VC on like we were on the Gitrog server in like a big voice chat session, and we were talking. What happens in VCs on the Gitrog server stays in VCs on the Gitrog server. (laughs) Basically, the idea was that you'd you would Shaharazad into a sub game, and then you'd start pulling people in to the sub games using the like kind slaver, or not kind slaver. uh, Two heads are better, whatever it's called. Yeah, two heads yeah. are better than yeah, yeah, and and you 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 just start accruing teammates in like <laughs> sub games. <laughs> Soon the whole yeah, LGS is playing in one game. Exactly, <laughs> and you're like pulling opponents from other sub games into to be your team. Yeah, it's just funny, but yeah, um, yeah. The next the next fake card is well, there's two of them: Chaos Orb and Falling Star. The cards that reference uh, that require manual dexterity and also a physical presence. Um, these cards pose barriers for certain players, both in terms of people with disabilities who may not be able to play them, and also um, people like us who play a lot online, potentially over webcam, potentially digitally. There's not really a way to make these work, and I don't... Like, obviously, physical dexterity as a skill sounds like not a great time, and also... Mm. Throwing four hundred dollar pieces of cardstock at four thousand dollar pieces of cardstock <laughs> uh, just sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah. Also, manual <laughs> dexterity and Magic: The Gathering sound like two skill sets that don't exactly overlap. <laughs> so, probably not a great idea anyway. Yeah. Like, imagine having to actually like practice your flips for (laughs) (laughs) oh shit edh night's coming up on friday better uh, i gotta gotta grind some chaos orb flips real quick (laughs) get my reps in but also yeah chaos orb is like a 400 hundred dollar card and flipping it from a height of at least three feet onto a table with like duels and 
like moxin and whatever the hell is on your table just no thanks i just like the idea of like you imagine some billionaire like jeff bezos just a stack of like chaos orbs and you just, just yeah. going into the lgs to like flex on the pores <laughs> so, you know yeah you know what let's play <laughs> i'm okay damaging my falling stuff. also i just uh, realized that i think if i wanted to practice chaos orb flips i'd probably have to stand on a folding chair or on an office chair which would not be a great time <laughs> Yeah, so remember to bring your helmet to your LGS because yeah. you might be standing <laughs> on a chair. As we regulated under OSHA. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. The next the next fake cards are the anti cards because there is no anti. It literally just lets you take cards out of your deck, um, which now, sounds silly. That being said, I have always wanted to play in like a ranked league where you can anti points, but I still whatever. think <laughs> that a decent number of those cards would have to be banned at the very yeah. least contract from below because yeah. I thought so many levels of not okay. Um, yeah, but and then uh, we have conspiracies, which are obviously unfair unless you're specifically you have to draft them, um, and uncards because they aren't designed to be played in balanced formats. Though obviously. Many individual uncards would theoretically be fine. Yeah, and I've as played a group. In, I've no played thanks. in EDH um, games where you know someone brings in like they want to play with their uncard or uncommander, and it's like you know what? Sure. Um, the uh, I played against someone from the Kingston meta game who played against uh, uh, God Doctor Julius Jumblemorph, the like the Selesnia creature that's a legendary that's all creature types, which is like that's already an effect that exists with. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the blue legendary. Um, Mistform Ultimus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 like okay, doing that in different colors, it's whatever. And then there's actually yeah, yeah. The the one that I had a lot of fun playing against was uh, Baron von Count. Yeah, I was about to say Baron von mm. Count seems like a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, like old Buzzbark presents the Chaos Orb problem. Of yeah, dropping dice X dice <laughs> from at least X inches. Like I'm going to cast Oops. this for thirty and just like literal real world grape shot your entire board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the best the best part about old Buzzmark though is that he was by far the best food chain outlet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um yeah, and then the last Last cards are we just add these are uh, play test cards, which so again, from fake the, magic yeah. cards. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, okay. no, from the the well the quote unquote on cards from the um what's it called um mystery uh, boosters yeah yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I guess someone else can do the the totally fine list. Reed, do you want to do this one? Yeah, sure. Um, so on here, this is everything that we I think all of us agree on this, and um, that it can just come off. Uh, Barrhythm, Coalition Victory, Iona, Panoptic Mirror, uh, Primeval Titan, Recurring Nightmare, Sway of the Stars, Sundering Titan, Silver Primordial, and Worldfire. Um, I think maybe the most contentious thing on here is like possibly Recurring Nightmare, and even then, like yeah, I just is don't Recurring think Nightmare it's... even better than what we already have? I might, reanimate? I, might no. <laughs> I might not love the idea of unbanning Sundering Titan if we're unbanning a card that we're actually going to discuss later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those conditional unbans, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But okay. even then, I don't know that, I don't know that that's actually broken, but yeah. it's definitely miserable. I think like possibly maybe the only other one that I'd consider like if he is like possibly Silver Primordial, just because it's sort of like a better 
Um, what's it called? Bane of Progress? You, you could run... Yeah. I think Natural Order would become, like, legitimately... People might might do Natural Order. So yeah, na- like, but, but, like, I Natural do, Order's I already... I think like, very fair. I think like natural <laughs> order for value. Oh, well, I mean, for, I like, meant to imply that people don't run it, right? Yeah. Like, people don't run natural order in CDH. So I mean, if, well, if okay, first of all, they had first of all, I take offense to that. Second people of all, I totally do agree. run. First of all, natural <laughs> order. <laughs> yeah, people we respect don't run natural. Okay, order. that's yeah. Uh, that's a separate episode topic. I've never been so offended by something I completely agree with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there's like considerations for um, Sway of the Stars and Worldfire just as like th- those cards are just, I guess, more Worldfire. Um, where like, like even, even then, it's just like, eh, like, I don't know. It's there's th- like nothing fun happens with that card. I think you if know, you want to try to pull it off, CDH, a- we're not talking about we're not banning cards for fun. Yeah, sure. But just like it's not broken. I think it just it breaks the gameplay expectations of Commander. Like it's not a card you you play if you are trying to win. So like I think that I don't think it's like I'll bring this up later. I'll bring this up later when I bring up a card that I put on a suggested bans list because I think it has similar. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, next up, we've got broken uh, for power level. I guess I'll... this is this is where it sort of gets fuzzy. I think. Yeah. And like we, there, we, there might yeah, start will... to be disagreements, but actually, in in that case, maybe we should do broken for gameplay well, first. So, this is a yeah, shorter okay, list, sure. and sure. yeah. Um. So here we've got uh, Caracas trade secrets and limited resources. Now, Caracas is. I, if you're looking in the context of commander, this is basically like a fake card because it just invalidates the entire rule set of the game. Um, and you stop, you're not playing commander anymore and you're just playing Canadian Highlander or you yeah. know, something basically like that. With more restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it also, like, it also, just from like a meta health perspective, it disproportionately yeah. punishes higher costing commander centric decks, which is like. Things that need encouraging. Things that need encouraging enough play yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. like, it's what, we, just like, what we really need oh, is you don't, you don't get to play your Momir deck, meta. but hey, how about you pick up this Timnathrasius deck instead? Like, no, just, yeah, like Timnathrasius is literally the deck that's most resilient to Caracas. No, yeah. and Nala is the deck that's the most resilient to Caracas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> you see, you literally play Inala, man. Like, come on. <laughs> you know what's funny about Caracas is I think there's a card that's unbanned that does it almost a little bit more effectively <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let's not jump jump the gun yet. okay uh, so next up we've got uh yeah trade secrets in this category um it's just like it's like mystical war but a hundred times worse when, when like people play says, trade secrets correctly like if people are playing fully optimally this card is completely safe to unban but people don't do that Right, like it's you just can't have it around. Yeah, for like that okay, like how many times have you just seen somebody in your playgroup just feed a fish or feed a Rex? Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I think, I, I think like, trade secret suffers from exactly the same problem as Ristic Study and Remora. Also, like, also there is like silence is a real card. And uh, that, yeah, like yeah, for sure. Like I, I think the card essentially says choose target opponent. They may have your other opponents will lose the game. Yeah. And that's like it seems unhealthy. Yeah, turn this four like, player game into a into a uh, just a two player yeah, game. Yeah. Like yeah. 
and like you know maybe they're like oh well i have you know like their combo like they can't beat both abrupt decay and dovin's veto or whatever and like i can cast both of those like it's just it has like a very boring heuristic that often just winds up with two people instantly losing the game and that's like, e- not fun even then like it's not even fun when your opponent just denies it either because then like like yeah. you, you have to play this card on the off chance that your opponent just gives it to you but a lot of the time they're just gonna be like no take it and then you're I mean, paying arguably it's just like a three mana draw four that makes your opponent like i don't know it's not like the worst card ever if they deny it but where you drop a notion thief and it's a three mana draw six <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice um but it's just yeah it it's either boring or unhealthy and there's no in between yeah uh, and then the last card on this list is limited resources yeah so here's a fun math fact for everyone <laughs> 10 divided by four is actually a lot less than 10 divided by two huh quick math. oh you know what the, you know what the other <laughs> give me a the second other you need to work this ter- out on a piece of pen and paper <laughs> you know what the other terrible part about that is is that 10 divided by 4 isn't a whole number. Yes. That's also <laughs> Which is also incredibly frustrating for <laughs> gameplay reasons. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you're going third. So uh, you get two lands this game. Yeah, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. It's uh, going to be one yike for me, dog. And I, I actually, I had discussions when people were brewing around alternate ban lists while Flash was still legal. I had discussions with this. And like, there is an argument that, oh, you know, it helps, like, stacks as an archetype, which maybe needs the help. But the problem with limited resources as well is that what it punishes specifically is, like, hands without a lot of fast mana. Yeah. Which is not what stacks needs help with. <laughs> and, like, not what you want to be punishing, right? Like, this is yeah. a card that if you are going third or fourth and you didn't keep a great hand, it's just like, yeah, get screwed. Like, just eat a dick and even even if you're going first with lemon resources but you don't have like any non-land mana accelerants and like somebody down the line just has a crypt it's just like oh okay well (laughs) they just break parity on it by default all right yeah like it exactly punishes the people who are like already in the worst position and if you have like a really good hand like it's not like oh you know they played out all their mana rocks and then you know, their mana rocks all got sacrificed it's like oh they played out all their mana rocks so they get to ignore the limited resources (laughs) And also Thrasios breaks parody on it, which is Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just annoying. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. Okay. Uh so our next category is broken for power level. And Matt, you can get this one. Sure. Uh I think I can kind of blast through this because I think a lot of this is, is pretty obvious, but uh maybe there'll yeah. be a couple. So I do I do Black there, Lotus. there's like a couple that I just want to like put a quick comment in on. But yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Same. Okay, uh, Black Lotus, uh, no thanks. Moxen, I could see the argument for Mox Ruby, but otherwise, no Moxes. At, at Which, this point, like Mox thing, right? Like Mox Pearl? Mox Pearl? Yeah. yeah. Like Mox but Ruby like, is just like... <laughs> yeah, that, the other... Obviously, the Moxen are being banned or unbanned as a unit, and like, it's another thing that pushes people towards playing more colors, right? Yeah. Like, Timnit Thrasios gets with four the mocks, yeah. and, like, Gisson <laughs> oh, gets one. Like, just no. Yeah. Ancestral Recall. No, thank you. Time so walk. I, think I, ju- I do just want to put a comment in on, like, Lotus through Recall. Um, I Like, this is, like, 
for me, like the class of broken by power level that like if you unban them, the format would survive. If you know what I mean? Because like none of, none of like Lotus through Mox and through Recall are like payoff cards, like broken payoff cards, right? Like yeah. you're not like the game doesn't immediately end on the spot if somebody casts an ancestral recall. It's just like miserable to play against. No, it's just or, like and everyone gets I more don't know, man. mana crypt and soul rings. Yeah. That's I like, think I, like, <laughs> like okay. I think I think sorry, recall like, like I think like Lotus probably sorry. Lotus probably is too broken. Like it like I especially don't now think, that breach is a card. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the format and what I mean by that isn't like it's it, it would be like, oh, like it might not be healthy. No, no. All these are like by definition unhealthy for the format. I don't think the format survives a Lotus, but I think the format survives Moxon and Recall. I think it's I, I actually think it's I don't the think it survives. I think, I I think it survives Lotus, but not the Moxon. I don't I think it's I think it survives Recall more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I agree like, with 100%. Morgan, yeah. like Recall Recall doesn't like I don't think it would see, you know, people would want to play blue more, but like it's, you're probably not like tutoring it a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, like it's that, not that's, that that's good of a card. That's the big and, one for me, right? It's like, if you're unbanning cards that people aren't tutoring for, then like the format will probably survive that. But if, but it's if, just dude, like, if you're playing, you if you're add, playing breach, it adds nothing. If you're playing sure, breach, you're tutoring nothing. recall all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but like Moxon, you're not tutoring for Moxon, but like they just break it in such a fundamental way by pushing everything well, to okay, five color yeah, and four like, color I, that it's I, just. I think yeah. like I think the format still exists in a form with everybody playing three, four, five color. It's just like it's not healthy. Also, but, like, I think people would tutor for Moxon. Like people that's, tutor for yeah, that's a more sorry. reasonable argument, and I think I actually sort of agree with that. In hindsight. I guess I guess you could use it for color fixing. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you like might, you might tutor a, a, like a Mox Sapphire or something instead of a. Uh, or crypt. even potentially like yeah instead of a mana crypt or like potentially a mox emerald like going like i don't know land gamble emerald dork sounds pretty unhealthy yeah um honestly yeah, i think i think recall like would have the smallest impact in what people chose to play it yeah. just adds nothing yeah like I, it doesn't yeah. enable anything interesting like, and, and i think it's like that, just that really stands, good that stands for like everything on this list right is like none of these add anything to the format that you want um, <laughs> I, I i just want to say that i think lotus is more fair than the moxon because at so least I, I everyone runs so. the lotus right yeah, like but every lotus, deck gets lotus and but it's lotus similar, is a combo yeah. piece right like lotus yeah. is like really yeah. fucking good as a combo piece well, when I say add things, like I think Lotus adds, it adds combos to the format. Like, and as, maybe as we don't well want as, them because they're too good, but it does add combos. Whereas Recall doesn't. It's just gross. Like I, yeah. I think like the issue with Lotus for me is like Lotus is a combo piece that like you would tutor for as part of combo chains, and it makes a lot of combos significantly better. But it's also just a top end draw that you just draw in turn one and go nuts with anyway. Yeah, it also does make like it even like. More than any other card, I think it makes it so hard to lose off at or like to fail to win off Ad Nauseam. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's also yeah. a big thing for the Mox Lotus, Lotus and Mox and my Oh god. my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do happen to have one card that can do what Black Lotus does without being a generically good card, and it's called Lion's Eye Diamond. <laughs> yeah. And that card is already and I'm really happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy with that, the state of that. Well, um, to continue. And we also okay. have Time Walk. Uh, which... I think Time Walk also is in a similar category to the previous Yeah, I, th ones. I think no, there's just no, no, no. I think no, no, no. one Time Walk is very, like, it looks a lot like one recall. 
Uh, but as soon in, as like, you, it's, yeah. it's just gross. And but the problem is that it's not always just one time. Okay. Yeah, as soon as you start doing no. any amount of recursion, it's just too good. Once again, breach. Yagmas will. Time walk is really abusable in that sense. Yeah, like literally six cards in your graveyard. Time walk, time walk, time untap, walk, time breach, walk. time walk, time walk. Like that's good enough. Oh. <laughs> Fair. Um, yep. Yeah, man. Uh, next up, we have fa fast bond. Uh, I think fast bond is one that a lot of people put on the ban unbannables, but generally speaking, it'll do probably better than the moxin in the context of like an ad nauseum or any sort of high advantage scenario and also just like the number of wheels that exist yeah, in like the format. wheels yeah just like any metal refilling is just too good like so it it, it, it honestly it's broken with 20 life like yeah <laughs> the life is also just yeah. yeah not an issue like it is in other formats arguably we, well we can talk about this uh i'll mention this later but i guess i'll, I'll bring it up now is it like we're going to talk about alternate ban lists and stuff and um i had experience playing in a very limited ban list environment so like almost everything was unbanned so the fake cards were banned and then you know some of the cards from this but not everything that we're going to talk about in this broken power level category so fast bond was actually legal and i found it to be um very very strong not just off of like ad nauseums and wheels but to the point where people were kind of encouraged to play um like crucible and uh ramanap just because you you'd tutor out every single land from your deck and use it as like a mega ritual but then also it allows you to do um like just strip lock people out of the game like asymmetrical asymmetrical uh armageddon it's pretty good man pretty good that's solid and also re reasonably easy to assemble yeah uh, next up, we have Channel. Uh, I think, once again, for this kind of for the same reason, uh, 40 life is quite a bit different than 20 life. Uh, Just a small amount. <laughs> um, I think it's funny to channel into a Thrasios, but otherwise, I don't think it's worth it. Also, like, what's kind of funny is that in this context, 40 life is actually, or like, your life total in Commander from the perspective of Channel is actually like more than double other formats because not only do you actually start with double you're like much less concerned about damage that like could be incoming yeah like you, you if you go to five you're not just like oh i'm dead to like bolts and something else like mm -hmm. there's just so many like channel it's, in 20 like formats makes like like channel emrakul is is that's like a risky typically good enough because it has yes. because it has this staple the extra turn stapled to it but like if it didn't that would definitely be risky whereas okay. like uh, channel for yeah going I, to I, I want to say that that channel was one of the cards that was actually surprising me in this in the format i was talking about because I thought it would be much stronger than it was or than than, than i found it to be um you know i thought it would be absolutely you know game breaking but people what, what i found was that people were building in such a high power format now you know if you're just unbanned channel right now um it you you're not you don't have as access to nearly the same amount of stuff that was unbanned in that format so you know a bit different but in that format people weren't building you know their decks around channel in fact most people were having you know there was a consolidation of you know high efficiency spells just because it was necessary to to interact with with you know maximum efficiency, so there wasn't 
as many things to channel into. Um, well, I, the one deck that really abuses That's not channel. like what channel is scary. It's yeah. not scary because people are going to cast Ulamog off of it. It's scary because people are going to cast Time Spiral off of it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just didn't find those... Like, the, the things is, if you cast a Time Spiral off of the channel, the things is that you weren't drawing cards that had a high amount of, um, like, colorless to, to pour into channel. Sure, like that, but like... That was, in, what I, that was my experience. Yeah, but just, like, in the current format where you're playing yeah. stuff like Felwar Stone, Arcane Signet, stuff like that, yeah. like, it's just, like, yeah, so yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Now, I will say the... Uh, the best deck that utilized channel was in that format. I, again, we, we only played it briefly, but um, was Gitrog. I played a Gitrog deck that you know I just wanted to see what it was like, uh, and I replaced one of the Eldrazi Titans with Emrakul, and I threw in a channel because you know yeah, it realistically fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, but I I did channel Emrakul. Uh, I think on turn two. And I lost t- because it got gilded draked. That was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took out one player like, and then uh, just got gilded. Yeah, draked. like the fact that. But yeah, fundamentally, I don't think most of these cards you evaluate particularly well when you put them in Git Rug. Like no, channel <laughs> yeah. is definitely better in like a uh, in a uh, like Thrasios kind of deck where you actually have like a just an onboard kind yeah, of channel. Thrasios is also like. Like your yeah. your your fail case is just like you're paying like two life a card off of Thrasios or like two life for a look at a card for the most part, which is just like yeah. a good enough rate when it also has the option to just go nuts and cast everything out of your hand. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, I guess we can we can move on to the next one. Yeah. So next we have balance. Um, I oh my God. I think the card is pretty powerful. I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful balance is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. also like I think your card is pretty powerful. No, no but takes from that. But also, like, I don't think anyone actually wants it to get re- actually wants it to be resolved. I think a lot of people think of how like some magical scenario where they, they benefit from a balance, but no one actually wants to go through the hoops of resolving a balance. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's people are I've seen a surprising so number of people bad. call for this card and like it it's its sole purpose is to create non games. Yeah, no 100%. Like that's all it is. You're just like, "Oh, uh I'll like play a pedal, play a crypt, play a balance." Like uh, uh, going like third. Like yeah. you people sack your lands, everyone's discarding down to like four cards in hand. Then I'll play a land and pass, like I, with with Krypton. I, I, like the, the one thing I think about balance is that it's those it does create those non games, and it was that's kind of a similar thing to um, the Flash, which is also in this category, right? Where sometimes it just makes creates these non games, right? But there are times when balance actually does function as a card, um, and in those cases, I don't think like it's good. But again, playing in that that you know format that I was talking about, it just seemed that the balance uh, like a good a deck that's built around to abuse balance is not usually the deck that's abusing all the other you know busted things in the format yeah but it's just like if you just unban it on the spot it's just like oh i just play some white rock deck and then play balance yeah and just and like i think so like the armor get like, everybody yeah, else yeah. and make them discard like yeah, i, I think the, the other problem is that like as a you know people think of it it's like oh you're super far behind so you play the balance it's like that only works if there isn't a player who's ahead and also playing mana rocks. Yeah. 
like like bounce bounce is not always going to be a asymmetrical wrath and mind twist right while you're just sitting pretty no, with yeah. all of your and then like, arm again like you're it's, it's, it's just not always going to be that way right but if you have a high density of rocks like there's a fair chance that it's I, pretty consistently think, going to be asymmetrical i think that the problem is is that it's no, but you're not gonna going to get the maximum value out of it, right like no like it's either going to be an asymmetrical wrath and mind twist or you shouldn't cast it yeah that's that's probably a fair point which doesn't sound like a healthy no it's certainly not healthy it's certainly not healthy because it has those just not it it has the ability to create non-games and it's just not like a worthwhile card unless it's doing something absolutely miserable but i I just want to say like yeah it's not when i think because people people call for it to be unbanned and i I definitely don't think it should be unbanned and i and i agree with that but i think people also tend to make the case that like every time it's just going to be a you know an asymmetrical armageddon plus wrath of god plus mind twist and it's like yeah not really that's like no. that's very very dream case you yeah know. i think the problem is that if it's not that then it's, it's probably like, losing you the game which yeah, is like yeah. also i think decks that are built around balance don't necessarily aren't necessarily successful when balance is played against them right for the same reason that like if it's not a, a, an asymmetrical mind twist and armageddon then it's just an unplayable card yeah i could almost like, argue i could i could argue that this should have been in the broken gameplay section but uh yeah yeah, yeah it just like that. it just it's it's one of those cards that makes you like you just if balance is legal in the front you want to play a deck that's not affected by balance which means you also want to be playing balance so it just like everything gravitates toward wanting to play balance decks i don't know or decks that can just like fit balance in okay Sure. Uh, so for our last two, we have Time Vault and Flash. Yeah. So these uh, are grouped together because I, I know I wasn't in our show notes. It says group these two together. I, I didn't said write group that them together, but, but I I actually do think they they go together. I I, yeah. I would like to talk about them as a pair because um, I I think when a case uh, something that I said a lot when Flash was still unbanned, um, and people would be like, "What? You're crazy!" But you know, I I, I kind of now is my time to talk about is that flash is better than time vault and people you know are gonna be like you know audible gasps in the audience um but they're just both they're they're very mana efficient um win cons and flash just being the fact that it's at instant speed like it's a two card combo at instant speed that isn't um able to be interrupted um from onboard removal is what really uh pushes flash to to be stronger than than time vault in my opinion although time vaults of course you've got to consider not just the whole vault key combo and the fact that it's colorless that any deck can run it um so that creates its own set of problems but also that uh you create like a new tier zero deck with derevi um well i don't yeah. even know if that's true really i just it's like i i always said and i'll continue to say that like when we talk about no ban list like true no banless CDH, it's we're really only talking about just unbanning time vault because like historically this is when flash is illegal, but historically that's the only unban that actually matters in my opinion. And on, from my experience, from my experience playing no banless EDH, you end up with two decks, and the two decks are five or four color good stuff time vault and Derevi time vault. No, see, I think you end up with with three lists because it's. You, I don't know. Were you playing? Were you playing no ban list when Thoracle was around? 
Uh, no. Or did you brew at all? Okay, because what you get is you get you get, or this is what I, I found you get. You get basically Thrasios, Timna. Um, you know, every deck is a Time Vault deck. You know, as well as a uh, if you're if you're not Derevi Time Vault, the you're a Flash Console deck. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a Flash Console deck, right? You're but Leovold is also a uh, a deck in that format. It's it was Leovold, Thrasios, Timna. Oh, and sure, sorry, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry. The 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 choice is you're either playing like this. They're all Flash Hulk console decks, yeah. Like it's well. it's like easy to find combo, which is you're playing Derevi because it's a one card combo with Time Vault. You're playing like aggressive combo, or you're playing controller combo. The aggressive combo is like you're trying to draw cards and get there as soon as possible. The controller combo is you're just playing Leovold and stopping them from doing that thing, but playing all the same win cons and staples. But the problem with Leovold is that it also, and this is this is one thing I found about that format. And we'll talk about more as we get to Leovold because um, I think we all have similar um, kind of points about it, how Leovold begets more Leovold. Um, because Leovold is a one-card combo. I thought we were going to talk about this when we got to Leovold. <laughs> <laughs> but Leovold, Leovold also has one-card combos with wheels, right? So unless Didn't unless we you're the discussion on Time Vault, it's class. not really a, it, it, it's not really right, just so, a control. Yeah, trying to stop your opponents. You're also Time trying to be creates proactive. a very limited set of the most powerful commanders. Time Vault centric decks. Yeah. if it's unbanned, because every every other win con that we have currently. There are trade-offs and color restrictions, and there are reasons to play other decks, right? Every every win con that's currently living in the format, to different degrees, sure, but there's always a reason to play a different one in like a different color pairing and or a different color set with a different commander. <laughs> once you introduce yeah, once you introduce time like, vault, it's a colorless it's a colorless combo that happens to also be the best combo in the format. It, it's also I think Flash is worth than time vault. It's also yeah, worth whatever. noting that there's triple redundancy on, on or potentially even yeah. more depending on how deep you're willing to go on the cards that combo with time vault. Yeah. But like, so Reed, you think you think time vault is better than than Flash? I think I think they're trade. I don't think Flash is strictly better, but I think they're like they're tra- definitely trade offs between the two. Yeah, I, I just think because the fact that time vault but, but is, is but interactable spe- on board. So specifically for the point that I was making is that. Once Time Vault is in the format, so Flash is color restricted and you have to be in like bug colors to truly yeah, utilize yeah. it. Or I guess Bant, but whatever. Doesn't actually matter. Yeah, the no, is- that's not a thing. I can confirm. <laughs> the <laughs> issue the issue with specifically Time Vault over Flash, because again, we all played in a format with Flash. We know that there were a lot of decks that weren't Flash decks. Like I can go on a limb here and say they weren't good decks, but you could there are a <laughs> yeah. lot of there are a lot of non-flash decks and different commanders that are doing sort of other things because it's color restricted. Matt, were we just roasted? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm willing to agree. <laughs> as soon as you introduce Time Vault into the format, because there's no color restrictions, you're not yeah. like it doesn't cost you slots anywhere. There's no risk of like, oh, I drew into a piece, now I can't combo. Immediately like that. There's no reason to play any other deck except for the best, like random generic commander you can slap on top of a time vault deck, right? That, okay. That's, so that's I, the I, difference. I get, I get what you're it's, saying. It's, I think it's, it's a yeah, lot there's, more. There's it's fine a, like, points. Yeah. Time vault is like a lot. It's just a lot more polarizing than flash. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree that I think yeah because everyone can just be a time vault deck. There's no reason not to play the best time vault deck or like maybe yeah. get some weird kind of rock paper scissors meta game of like yeah, exactly. the best time vault deck is countered by the anti meta time vault deck. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Flash. I think Flash. I, I agree with your point, and then I just think it's it's a bit of a, like a yeah. I think Flash as a 
it's maybe not healthier. Like Time Vault is worse for the format in terms of health, but I think Flash, a Flash, you know, Flash Hulk with with Consult just became like like it's just the better combo. That's my that's my two cents. Okay. Yeah. That's anyone else have anything? Time we said most of the discussion was going to be in the category we haven't even gotten to. Yeah, I was going to exactly the same comment. Remember fighting over the cards that are cards that are never even going to be considered to be unbanned. Like, (laughs) all right, so the unbannables. Here we go. Let's let's get going on these. Yeah, Uh, Morgan. Yeah, sure. So the first one we have is Irayo. Um, I. I think this could actually be unbanned. It's not like that. It's not actually that brutal a lock, particularly when decks have like a lot of cantrips and dorks and mana rocks that like you might just have to yeet into an Arayo to get countered to answer it. Um, also, team up to answer Arayo. Uh, not really. Right? Is it not? Is it not the uh, oh God, counter the first spell cast by each opponent each turn? Oh, it's each opponent each turn. I thought it was each oh, yeah. each turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Each opponent each turn. <laughs> no. Um so like you have to feed stuff into it, which sucks, but like it's mono blue. So and like this isn't a problem not in the command zone. Like flipping an Araya once is whatever. Um it it is like it's not that much effort to flip, but so, so, like, I just don't think it's good in out of the command zone. Right? Like it's like as a commander, uh, you're just you're locked into mono blue. Like what's your good best win con? I yeah, think like, like, I just don't, you flip Arayo no. and then you're just like, well, I guess we're here now. Like, like are, are you just a, a is still deck? a card, right? Like, like, Proteus staff. Also, I think that, to reasonably consistently assemble four good spells to cast in a turn, you'd really rather have Arayo as your commander because well, you're trying you, to pull that off as early as possible. You don't. You don't, you no, don't need you don't to cast the four spells though. Yeah. That's why people oh, just run it in the yeah, 90, okay. run it in the ninety nine, yeah. and then like that's, that's the whole thing. Getting to stack it. wars, yeah. Oh, it's like it's, 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 you don't have to cast all the all four of the spells. Is the whole thing? Yeah. And uh, like we, the, had, um, we had two two misunderstandings around Arayo. Wow, great, that's funny. Great, great podcast. I mean, played with <laughs> super the knowledgeable, right? No, <laughs> but like, but, yeah. So I don't, I don't. I I'm not sure. I super agree with the idea that the lock isn't that hard because, like, I think. The lock isn't super hard in the way that like, uh, like Lavinia Pool isn't a hard lock. Like I think I think the reason it's not a hard lock is just because, like, you can get beat to death before you actually find your real win con. <laughs> I, I think it's a lot no, worse actually. Much, I think if you a, I think if your opponents yeah. keep up, for instance, a counter spell and you're you're trying to combo off, you can effectively discard a card to lock your opponents out of countering your. Your combo, but I'm talking about like the like the actual lock with it, right? Which is you play with a rule of law effect and actually just lock the table. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Like that's like it's like sure the zero combo, like the zero card combo of just playing it in the command zone and getting it out is like fine. And like it's, I don't think it's a good enough thing on its own. I think brawls probably just. I, I never thought I'd say this sentence out loud, but I think <laughs> brawls just. Better. I think brawls just better at doing the control thing. <laughs> Than, um, than Ryo, but I think also it's, like it's worth noting that there's only one rule of line blue, in blue. and it's yes. very hard to find. Yes, um, but I do think like I think that the fact that you have like this two-ish card combo that is like very findable in say a green creature cell. Um, so where Morgan, how dare you? Both drift are, of phantasms is an amazing tutor. Okay. Where, no, right, you, you can't even do it for drift of phantasms. <laughs> <laughs> 
where where both like you're you're playing like you're playing these two cards where like both are fairly good on their own like you're allowed or you can play okay i guess it doesn't really work out in deck building because you want to be playing a deck did you just say that arcane mob is a good card (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying that like it's reasonable to be playing a deck where you can play arayo and like you're already playing rule of laws you just stick an arayo in there and like oh hey like i flipped an arayo let me go tutor for a spirit of labyrinth you probably play in like a spirit of a labyrinth is the one that stops draws uh, sorry. Um, whatever it is, yeah. The thing. Eidolon yeah, Ritter. A lot of confusion surrounding this card, just in <laughs> <Yeah>. general. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, like, it's it's a more true to rule and potentially better version of. You slam it in Zer, and then Zer goes to find the rule. It's like a more. Yeah. It's like a more tutorable version of like Draneth plus Ubermask, right? Ish, like around there. And well, it is, okay. It is definitely a much harder lock than yeah, like. Than Draneth Ubermask or like Levit. I guess it's a comparably hard lock to. Um... Well, okay, so you still do just get stopped by Abrupt Decay. Like that's yeah, but like it's always a consideration. It's it's hard to find the Abrupt Decay, and like also the whole thing with this for me. I don't want to stick on this for too long because I'm not yeah. sure Arya actually warms this much discussion. But the whole thing is like it's just they're both creatures. They're very easy to find, and like they're both like both pieces of this lock are fairly reasonable to play on their own. Like you're, I feel like you're pretty happy to have either in play on its own, right? If you're building the correct deck for it. And also it's asymmetrical. Yeah, that too. I yeah. think <laughs> it's very easy to right. assemble symmetrical it's the locks. It's before Draneth, right? Yeah. Was, this was the, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a good way of trying it. Um, yeah. So ban, uh, stay banned, unban, safe. Yay. Yay or nay. What, what's uh, I'm on safe. I, I think it would warrant... I, I would have to play with it to be convinced that it needs to be rebanned. I don't know that I'm confident enough to call it safe. I'm probably the mirror image of Morgan, where like I think I'd have to play with it to convince me that I want it unbanned. I don't know. Well, now I'm going to sound stupid for saying that I also agree with Morgan. Like I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I tend to lean to think that it's probably safe. Although I, it's not a card that I, I'm particularly, I'd be particularly jazzed about seeing in the meta. Yeah. Like I, I'm not happy yeah. with Draineth Magistrate, right? Yeah. So like, if it, if I don't want Draineth Magistrate in the meta, then you know why should I want Arayo? But I, I, I don't think this card is as strong as Draineth Magistrate. No, I, I, I don't either. But. Similar, I can see yeah, like the fact that you have to flip it is yeah. Um, all right, next up we have Paradox Engine, which we know what this card can do, and it was very good, but I don't think it was broken. I don't think it was too good. I mean, it's, diversity, it was so nice, it's, man. It's frustrating that the deck that uses it best is Thrasios something, yeah. Like, I'm not happy about that, but um. Yeah, the fact that like it single-handedly kept like half a dozen fringe viable decks <laughs> just alive, format, yeah. Like this adds a lot. You know how like I was <laughs> yeah. saying recall doesn't add anything. Yeah. Paradox engine adds so much. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to to have Sisse in the format again. Bring Sisse and Arkham back from the dead. I mean, Arkham probably stays. No, maybe not. Bring Sisse back from the dead. Is keeping Arkham in the grave. Yeah. Arkham's like like, even stuff like Jura, like just becomes so much more playable. Arkham would be like that one zombie that like 
busts its hand through the through the dirt and like is reaching for stuff but can't quite get out and just stays stuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> also i think Par- paradox it's engine... just like got something sitting on top yeah, of yeah. like it's the plot of earth and it's just like slapping the sides <laughs> of like a box or something <laughs> oh, it's, it's just, there's just a graphic's cage over the grave <laughs> i think paradox engine was was pretty good at at you know keeping lots of artifact based decks around which is something that i think we've been tending yeah. away from the meta is well, absolutely we, far from artifact based ramp decks yeah um i do think paradox engine kind of falls in the like conditional unbans uh like if more if there's another card on this list that gets unbanned with it then i would be a lot more skeptical but we'll get to that yeah there's... yeah okay that's a good point <laughs> There's, this this one card has like so many contingencies. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I, I think arguably two cards, but mostly one confident card. saying that we'd want this card on. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, we liked yeah. it when it was around. Bring I it think back. anybody, that, I think anybody that played with it for any length of time in the pre-pension ban era, like wants it back. Honestly, honestly, I think it's just an education problem. Like we just have to teach players how to <laughs> use Paradox Engine so the games don't take as long. Please enjoy yeah. responsibly. Yeah, That's, exactly. That, Matt brings up the exact point why I don't think we'll ever get it back is because this card is like, it's actually a really good casual band. Yeah, like, the problem yeah, is not a, that it wins yeah, the no. game. The problem is that it doesn't, doesn't win, win the game. Or like that it wins the game when you play it. The problem is that it doesn't win the game. It's really it. good at not winning the game when you play it is the issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So, so next up is... Grizzle brand, and uh, I think I got the sense that I might be on the other side of this from everyone. But fundamentally, I think the question behind Grizzle brand is: Do you believe that Entomb plus Reanimate should just win the game? I don't think it should just win the game. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, interesting. I'm kind of. I don't even know why this is on the unbannables list. Wow, you're really you. You'd put this okay, on broken power okay, level. So that's actually that's that's a that's further than I go, peppers. which is a really five interesting peppers, stance yeah. because I okay. thought I might be the most extreme viewpoint on this in the podcast. But that's super interesting that you're further out. I have a hard I time. I'm, I guess I'm wrong. I have a okay. Can I bring up? I'm gonna do it. I, yeah. I'm gonna compare this to Yagmas Bargain. Yeah, sure. I think I think the fact that you can more effectively cheat Grizzlebrand into play and effectively draw enough the amount of cards that are needed to just win the game makes this on a level like like it, it just puts this on a level where if you're not in black like you're already in black so you're already you already have the best tutors like i think it just puts it on a level where you start seeing the meta shift and centralizing towards well, brand strategies okay so let's let's drag yagmoth's bargain into this discussion then because like it uh, obviously very similar cards um like do i actually you- think they're they're okay they're similar in effect, in, in, in their effect. effect, once they're in yes. play, but yeah, yeah, yeah. very. I think they're, um, yeah, but getting like, them into but, play is a, so, a different story. So, Matt, do you think that Yogmoth Bargain is just too good for the format? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Whoa, so that really? I think that's the interesting part because I think, I think in my in my opinion, totally I'm fine. split on whether or not Yogmoth Bargain is too good for the format. So I think that probably informs my decision on like what I think about Grizzlebrand because I I think Grizzlebrand is too good for the format. And I think it polarizes reanimation too much. Like you, you lose a lot of reanimation targets, and you're just like, I'm just reanimating Grizzlebrand every time. Um, but that's really interesting that you have that viewpoint on Yagmoth's Bargain, and I feel like that probably informs the viewpoint on Grizzlebrand as well, right? Yeah, I think I think so for sure. So here's here's the some context. I did some testing with Grizzlebrand, and this was obviously not like a super well controlled test. But I was using my Kess list as it existed 
at the time. Um, and I was, the question was on turn one. So like, assuming I don't have anything in play, it's not like I have extra mana or like a bunch of lands, which was relevant because I was on cards like frantic search and snap and whatever. Uh, I tested, I forget how many games with 35 and 28. Um, like assuming I was using literal reanimate versus like animate dead or whatever. Um, and of the, I think it was 20 games of each, I didn't lose a single 35 life, like draw 35, won me the game every time from basically no board state. And draw 28, won me the game every time except for once. So like that, you know, it definitely does just win the game when you get it in play, uh, even without like any sort of, you know, like Razaketh, you need like a dork and a mana or like two dorks and a or a dork and two mana or two dorks and a mana i believe is like the the one thing about what so i i i was probably the i'm probably the the most like lenient on gristlebrand even though i don't think it's it should probably come back um the i i think it's you, you compare it to razaketh and you know you're like should this just win you the game and i think you know Arguably, the Entomb Reanimate with like you know with the caveat that you need exactly like a turn one Dork Entomb Reanimate wins you the game with Razaketh, right? So like that's already something that exists. But the problem with the Gristlebrand, you know, thing is that it wins you the game uninteractably, right? Because you you're casting spells, but you're also fueling free counter magic, right? Yeah, it definitely like it doesn't have the blowout potential that something like a World Gorger Dragon has. Yeah, well, Razaketh like Razaketh, you're you're. If you have the one, the dork reanimate yeah. Razaka, like you, you're you it for your one spell, and you're like stopped. getting an LED or something, right? It's like you're, you're, you, you need multiple creatures in order to have protection with Razaketh. Um, yeah, the the requirements to not get your Razaketh swords are like scale much better than they do with Gristlebrand. And the thing is, like, you can you can definitely just run... Like, Razaketh is already an extremely strong deck, right? And you could just do Grizzlebrand and Razaketh if you no, wanted, right? Like, it is interesting Because in, later in the game, I think Razaketh um, can definitely pull ahead of Gristlebrand in terms of what's the better reanimation. Yes, especially, especially for the current meta where you are realistically... There's a very real chance that you'll be playing Oracle Consult in your Razaketh deck. Um, which makes Grizzlebrand even better, right? Like, as opposed to, I like, mean, drawing into, like, clunkier combos where, like, you have to do LED stuff, but, like, oh, I also drew into my Ewit and whatever else. Like, I drew into Ewit and, uh, what's the name? Um, Salvagers. Okay, well, this is gonna get awkward. Versus just, like, drawing into some mana plus console plus thing, right? I mean, Razaketh does win extremely efficiently with console. I'm not sure that console yeah, is I'm, like I'm just saying, better like, with Grizzlebrand than it is with Razaketh. I'm just saying, like it's it like the, the downside of drawing a bunch with Grizzlebrand would be like oh like I drew into stuff that I didn't want to draw yet. Whereas now like that's not really an issue anymore, and I think it yeah makes it like more yeah, clear cut that like fair. you're just getting access to more stuff more readily without having the board presence. Yeah, I, I see. No, I see no reason to run both of those cards in the same deck when I think Grizzlebrand solves all the awkwardness that you get out of a Razaketh, except for maybe uh, a true, like, 100% deterministic line where, in theory, there's a whiff with Gristlebrand. Uh, I just think Gristlebrand becomes 
it, it, it depreciates significantly into the, the, like, you know, there's the whole meme of attack, the Adnos player, the Necro player or whatever, right? Like if, if Gristlebrand reanimator becomes, you know, prevalent, you're, you're, you know, assuming you're doing like an actual reanimate, like entomb reanimate, um, and people are attacking you, putting, applying pressure, your, your win rate can drop, you know, uh, somewhat like, like it's like it's the, it the fact that Ra- Razaketh, I think they would layer like pretty well I, together considering Razaketh just becomes so much better in the in the mid to late game. I think you have to have like I think if you can draw 21 cards with with Grizzlebrand, particularly because like Grizzlebrand scales extremely well with extra mana, right? Like, yeah, that's fair. Like, if you have four or five mana untapped, draw 14 probably just wins the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the fact that it's in the mid to late game, you're just like, gonna have more yeah, mana. If, if if you're if you're like, oh well, you know, in the but mid to late game, you have to fight a counter gonna... war to resolve your your anima- your reanimation, right? And you're you're more tight on mana. Crystal yeah. Brand is pretty good at. Oh, sorry, uh, Razaketh really pulls ahead in terms of being able to guarantee that you're gonna combo. Yeah, I think the I think the band where Razaketh is better than Grizzle Brand. <laughs> Grizzle band. Uh, we should ban Grizzle Brand because the Grizzle band where it's better than Razaketh. Razaketh. I think the, the band where Razaketh is better than Grizzle Brand is very narrow. Like it, yeah. it does exist, yeah, agree, but it's very agree. narrow. Um, but yeah, so our, our next card on the list was Yogmoth's Bargain. But since we already brought it up, I, I, I kind of just I, I think Yogmoth's Bargain is totally fine. Like I think this card is just significantly worse than Adnosian. Um, uh, I so don't I, think so at all. I, I, think, so. I, I think the, 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 the and personal experience, the one thing that's really cheesed me the most with Ad Nauseam is when I get a handful of tutors and I don't have the draw spell or the mana to afford the draw spell, where with Bargain, it's like you, you, you can take it slowly and you can utilize your tutors to to, you know, and, and the draw can't be cast at instant speed. I mean, especially with well, especially with Dockside I, in the format now, where you can be like, okay, I'm midway through my Yagavas bargain stuff. I'm gonna go tutor for Dockside, make some mana, and then keep going. Like, I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna sit here and try and argue that you know, on at sorcery speed, that Yagavas bargain is worse than ad nauseum. But like the deck builders, you don't have to have deck building considerations and Yagmoth's bargain and but 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 the point I'm I'm making is that just that ad nauseum the fact that it's an instant is massive, right? Like the fact that you get to play it um an end step or time it appropriately, uh fill your hand with a bunch of stuff and then untap and have all your mana. Right? Like, I like that's don't massive. know that I think that ad nauseum being an instant is overblown. Like, obviously, it's good, and it does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't, but, like, it's an it's enough mana as an instant that it's very telegraphed. Um, yeah, that's that's always been my issue with holding like, up. At a certain point, waiting a turn, like, is is hard a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I, guess, I guess Bargain does get some benefit in the fact that um, it there's just a lot less things that counter it. Right, like I mean, no yeah, dispels, no uh, flusters, I mean, swan song. Um, I feel like it I mean, so it's yeah. better. It's better against one counter spell. The thing is, is that a lot of the things that counter it just counter your protection for it. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that yeah, people. First of all, you just you see, unless you've gone very deep on designing your deck around Nas, you're going to see more cards off a of bargain. The fact that you can stop and start is massive. 
Um, like imagine, imagine if as soon as you hit a uh, and the, the fact that you can just play high costs, higher cost stuff, yeah, and not that's a big one. Have to worry. Like imagine, to, imagine well. if you could just to play me, like a Children of Coralist and a Nas deck, where like as soon as you hit it, you just get to cast it. Like yeah, that's know, just the, to nuts, me. Right? To me, the the balance between ad nauseum and Yagmans Bargain. Um, I think back to just all the games I've played with Shimmerzer, right? Where there's a trade off between how deep you can go in. Uh, on your necropotence um, in terms of your, your winning percentage versus how much mana you have avail- available, right? Like, you have to go significantly less deep if you have um, access to a lot more mana, right? You're, you're, you're digging for less rituals. Um, you, you don't have to get, like, as many cars, right? Like, you, you can afford to stop with tutors, etc. Like, I think Yagmoth's Bargain and Ad Nauseam have similar trade-offs, right? So, I guess here, the question... You don't need to go as deep and get all these benefits of Bargain if you can cast Ad Nauseam and then untap. I guess the other, the question then is um, what is the life total where resolving the spell at main phase with more or less no mana 95% confidence interval wins the game? Like, what, what's fair? Is, yeah. is, is, I think 40 life is fair. Like saying, okay, if we can attack them down to 30, their win rate drops significantly or they have to have more requirements. Is 30 life fair? Like, you have to get them below 30 before their win rate stops dro- starts dropping? Like... Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I, I think that Bargain, like... Bargain and Ad Nauseam at 40 life with no mana both more or less win the game. This is setting aside the fact that you'd have much lower deck building restrictions on Bargain. But I think that Bargain at 30 life in the main phase wins the game, like, way more than Ad Nauseam. And the same is true at 20 life. Like, 20 life bargains still have an incredibly high chance to just win the game. Okay, so what about bargain versus peer into depths? It, it's the fact that you can space your draws out. Like, you can yeah, cast yeah, the, the draw, spa- the yeah. draw yeah. spacing is massive. So, even, even, like, I think, even I think the that, fact that you might draw significantly more cards off of a peer versus the bargain, right? Like, if you're like 20 versus, you know. 40 like i think that with the prevalence of top deck tutors i think that a 30 life bargain is better than a peer certainly um sure 30 life 20 life 20 life probably not um but like peer is also an extra black mana and i mean it's just uh, the strength is that just like across the board it's a lot more even on what it's doing for you right like it's a lot less variable in general, yeah. See, to, okay, I, I don't think we're gonna get it. I don't think you guys are gonna convince me. Yeah, probably not. Bargain. I, I think. Fine. I think this card. I think it's like it's good. I, well, so, I just don't think it's it's that much better than uh, things that exist right now. And I think ad nauseum. I still I, personally think I don't ad actually is stronger. I'm actually quite torn on this card. Like I'm, I'm not saying that I think it needs to be banned. I'm saying I think it is substantially better at most. Uh, like at most, sort of. In most situations, it's better than either of the two cards that we're comparing it to most of the time. Um, and, like, maybe that's okay. Um, I think in a world where I'm, I'm severely overestimating how easy it is to get this card into play, uh, then I think it could be unbanned. But only in, like, that severe case. Um, I'm probably okay. a bit more lenient on it. 
Um, I I think it can probably be unbanned. Just because, like, I don't think it's I don't think it's so much better than Nas that, like, it just immediately centralizes Nas decks instead around Bargain. Like, I think there's space for both of them to see play, and like, sure, some decks might play both of them, but like, I personally I feel like it's closer to the way that we're gonna see Nas decks play like both Pure into the Abyss and Nas right now. I think almost all Nas decks should play Bargain. Potentially, not all bargain decks should play Nas. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I think for that's sure. a given. That's a for sure given, right? But well, I don't. I don't necessarily know that it's a given that Nas decks should play bargain. I think yeah. that I'd, people might not think that. They might think uh, bargain is a six drop, and I don't want it in my Nas okay. deck. I, I think. I think it takes like maybe two seconds to think about it before you realize that you kind of should be running bargain in your ad Nas deck. But yeah. So, like the, final... the kinds of optimizations you make for ad nauseum just layer so well with bargain and the six cmc is like barely a, a a blip for that kind of compromise to have a second you know instant win card. so final verdicts yeah. uh i think it's fine to unban uh definitely uh keep banned uh i'm iffy on either way leading to unban uh i'm iffy on either way leading to ban we got a nice little spectrum hey nice, nice. beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I feel like I'm gonna have I'm gonna be <laughs> me, the, me and Morgan I think, yeah. reverse positions from Grizzle Brandon or uh, from yeah from Arias. The, the trend sorry. I feel like on this is I'm gonna be very open to to unbannings on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is this is probably the card on the list that if I was just writing it alone, I probably would have just put it in the broken power level yeah. category. I I, I really? agree with that. Wow. Wow. I think the one thing that Telerian Academy has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> let's, let's name drop Elephant it first. Yeah. It's Telerian Academy. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that it doesn't have uh, is it's not that easy to, to get into your hand or into play. Uh, well, okay. And like it's... you can argue me on that, but I think that's the one thing. I do think it's not worth unbanning, but. I think if there's one way to justify it, it's like not every single and not every single game is going to have a Telerian Academy in it unless you like work for it. But I think that like the games were first of all, is, I think that the yeah. the non game factor is very high, like where you just have like you have crypt into like even crypt into like Signet Telerian Academy like second signet tutor or something like just hey, there, a there's a very high potential to, to have yeah exactly like for it to just make two blue mana on turn one and then get better and better and better um and just sort of lead to these non-games even, even and then there's even like land then there's draw? the combo potential with your frantic searches yeah. and your snaps and whatever um even like, like land drop like even like turn three land drop double blue is like good enough that you just play that in pretty much any blue deck, right? For sure. So if you can yeah, make that, like, if you can make that happen consistently, i.e., you're playing rocks that aren't just mana grip soaring Moxen. Okay. Like, here's my my question for you guys because I'm I'm much more I think this card like I don't think this card's like, like the impression that some people get when I talk about Talarian Academy is that I'm like. This card does, wouldn't do anything. Like basically, no, I, guy is cradle. Basically, yeah. Sarah's saying. <laughs> to be honest, I, 
So I, I do think the guy's cradle comparison is important, but I'll get into that in a minute. But I, I just want to you know, ask you guys some questions. So one, uh, would you try and fit this into a deck that's like primarily a like creature like like a deck that you're maybe only running crypt soul ring right now like do you do you change your ramp base to be um you're fitting in arcane signets and talismans in your like thrasios timna deck or something so that you can really abuse Talarian academy so no but that's because like uh i'm gonna look at this from the context because of course it's the only deck that i know how to play i no, actually you know no, no i'm gonna branch out of it Let's look at this from the context of Hermitude instead of Hulk for once. <laughs> Just because <laughs> that's the Huge <laughs> departure. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, Why do we invite Regent again? <laughs> um, but, so, like, looking at it from the context of, like, a deck that doesn't, like, for me, like, if Tolarian Academy gets unbanned and I'm on Hermitude, I just, I don't think that I'm playing the Hermit Druid deck anymore. I think that I'm just going to go play a deck that can play rocks. Like, I'm just going to go play a CST. You know, play Felwar Stone, Arcane Signet, and whatever, some some other Talismans, and then just go play a deck that can play Tolarian Academy and Crop Rotation. Like, I don't know. That's my view on it. There's there's a pretty significant trade-off between, like, changing your mana base to be from, you know, primarily turn one based dork creature ramp into um turn to you know artifact ramp like i think artifacts are you know true but you can't there, there's nothing saying that you can't play worse. good dorks in a talarian academy deck like you can just play talarian you're really academy splitting then. your like i, I think your, your academy is but, much like a mox opal right like you you need to have a certain density in order for it to CST, be oh, cst okay. is always that's, no that's that's it doesn't like, I'm not saying it needs to have the same density <laughs> as Mox Academy Opal, is you, like a Mox Opal, sort of like how, I don't know, Duranith Magistrate is like Caracas. <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, like, <laughs> the issue, the issue with, like, are you going to run it if you're just running the best, sorry, Reed, go, go ahead. The issue with that argument that I have is, like, CST has always split the middle on Dorks and Rocks. And, like, it's, it's, I think Tolarian Academy is just good in the standard CST build without even leading any harder into the Rocks. Like you, how many rocks does CST? Yeah, right you, I think. Uh, let me check. I think it's also kind of important to recognize that like CST is the so, best so deck run, that Talarian Academy is worst in. Yeah, the, do you run Talarian Academy? Do you run Talarian Academy in a deck that's running Mana Crypt, Soul Ring, Mox Diamond, Chrome Mox, um, and Arcane Signet? Okay, so, is this deck also running Dockside Extortionist? That's also sure. good. Okay. Probably. So okay, but like so the CST list obviously. So but CST like, is on nine rocks. Ten if you include Ice Conceptor. I'm not. It's on nine rocks. I'd play it in that deck. See, I would have to think about it. Like it's not. It doesn't produce any mana. And it's not. It's not a net positive until you're until you have your two two. I mean, rocks. I would, but also like like it doesn't. Like, it doesn't have not, to go into it's every not a deck. Crazy to be a power level. It's not a crazy power level if it's if it's producing two blue mana. Like uh, if I you just, get to the point where you get it's actually mana positive. Then okay, it, first of like all, it producing, a, it producing island, two blue mana yeah. is, like, maybe not crazy powerful. That's very powerful. It's very powerful. It's very um, powerful, but I don't think that's outside of the realm of, of the power level that CDH is currently sitting at. I disagree. If it's consistently producing two blue mana... Uh, but it doesn't consistently produce it if you're, but, if you're running also, nine rocks. You have to change your deck in order to make that But happen. also, you, like, you're fundamentally... Like, you're not looking at decks with... I don't know. Snap, frantic search, more rocks, and dockside in them. Yeah, that's which are like 
a very substantial part of the meta. That's truly when it starts to become like actually absurd and not okay. Yeah, like that Killian, card is Killian just Academy so many levels a, of fucked a up. Very in, very high ceiling. Like it's that's, so many levels of fucked up in like Blue Farm in Kess Console in like any uh, Blue Breach Golos yeah. whatever. Like actually, like, Golos Delirium Academy is nuts. <laughs> yeah, like. See, the, my hey, my thing with Planet Academy is there. I think people um, I think people think the floor is much higher than it is, um, but I think I I agree. The reason why I'm hesitant about to learn Academy is because of its absurd ceiling. Like its ceiling is just much higher, like so much higher than Guy's Cradle, and it also and, reaches that ceiling so much faster. Yeah. Like, but Guy's Cradle has a much like it, it's it's just much more consistent like at, at, with its floor. Right? I mean, obviously they both have the same but floor, I'm not which even is sure. zero mana, right? But on on average, the guy's cradle is going to be producing more mana earlier on than the Talarian Academy. But so, um, I think that there's like there's like kind of a weird curve. I think Talarian Academy will produce more mana on turn one, like on average. Yep. Yep. Uh, sure. Guy's cradle will overtake it either on turn two or three. Actually, uh, I think they might actually be comparable in turn I one think, because the the turn like with one mana. No, no because no. I to, there are lots of hands that will let Talarian Academy produce two no, mana yeah. on turn. There aren't strong haste zero mana mana producing creatures. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't need to well, haste. You just it's like a, a like a rock like like well, a chromox. But first of all, the fact that they right? okay. do have yes. haste. Yeah, yeah and as, as far as the mana they produce, yeah, maybe it's comparable. But as far wait, as wait, wait, what you can utilize on the turn, it's it's completely different. It's yeah, like different. Chromux into a dork into a cradle is like already a lot worse than like Chromux plus Talarian Academy into a Signet. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, certainly. I was just trying, we're on turn one. I was thinking that you know Cradle and, is almost never and also be like mana, but it, there it, it is does a, occasionally. There is a point like, what would you rather a land that taps for six green mana or a land that taps for four blue mana? Yeah, that's that's certainly that's certainly uh, a thing. Like, yeah, Talarian Academy. I, will create more like absurd incredibly fast snowball hands than guy's cradle will and even if guy's cradle has like sort of that mid that like bulge in the middle where it's out producing more mana on average than Talarian academy Talarian academy does make blue mana yeah i also wouldn't hate if uh if Talarian academy was was in the format and people were incentivized to maybe run like strip mines or wastelands or something i think that might be interesting I mean, again i wouldn't hate if people were incentivized to run uh, strip mines or waste lands but i would hate if delay academy would, like yeah. i don't think that's not a price i'm willing to pay yeah. i don't really want to see strip mines and wastelands to be honest but if it's if there's a, an academy then it's worth it yeah the, the problem is that if there's no good target for your strip mine then the best target is the person who's already losing yeah which is like <laughs> that's which is not fun Right. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, okay. okay final, final verdicts. So yeah. Final verdict. State band. Uh, state band. Uh, uh, iffy leaning towards state band. Uh, iffy leaning towards, um, I want to test with it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I, I probably think, I probably think like this could be, Oh, hey, like, I, I'm not, I'm I not sad that it's not, with that Talarian it's Academy. Not don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if like, we I'm are going to unban like, Talarian yeah. Academy, there is a condition and that's that we can't unban this next card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, this is the one that's the most caveated about what other unbans we're including yeah. with it. And, and we, it's, it's also Tinker. Tinker. I, I think this yeah. is also, this is Tinker could be unbanned right now. 
if nothing else was unbanned. I think I think <laughs> I think Tinker probably has like what like the highest ratio of apprehension to actually unbannability. If I got that right, where like people yeah, people probably. look at Tinker like this is broken, this is not okay. Like vintage decks run this as a win con. Obviously not okay. Ban in every format restricted in vintage. Yeah, you can't do this. White Steel Colossus is a lot less good yeah. than this format. And then like you sort of you sort of run through say you're just bring Tinker off the ban list on its own. You sort of run through the list of stuff that you can cheat out with it in your mind. And like you sort of just come up with like the best thing that you're getting on the board is a Bolus' Citadel, which is like yeah, that's, yeah, I, was gonna, I was gonna see if anyone yeah, that's, that's good. Like that's good, but like it's not guaranteed to win you the game on the spot, right? No love for possessed portal. <laughs> Dude, Nath for Tinker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if if you're if Bolts of Citadel is the best thing you can be tinkering into, I don't think it's Which, like admittedly, like, admittedly, that's like almost a three mana ad nos in like comparability. Very much not. Okay, I, I would like, agree I think with that, that like, yeah. I think that Bolus of Citadel is like kind of just a coin toss on if you win the game. Which yeah. is like not I don't think it's a coin toss. I think it's much worse than 50-50. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it depends on if you play the land or not. It's a it's a natural 20 roll, though. It's, it's um, better than that, but yeah. Like, I think... I just... I don't necessarily know that Tinker is, like, too strong or that it would create, like, a meta-dominant deck. I don't think it leads to good gameplay, though. I think a lot of decks would find a spot for Tinker and they would look at higher costed artifacts that they've disregarded in the past because of their mana cost and like i don't necessarily have a good examples um but just like that there's like a five six mana range of artifacts that are good and it's not necessarily bolus of citadel people ever look at like gilded lotus but like yeah like just those kinds of things gilded lotus but like turn one or turn two tinker for bolus of citadel is like it's not a fun game like almost I think Tinker into Bolus of Citadel early is like it's it's like that's good. I don't think it's I don't think it's like as you know, when we talk about fun games and you know non games, like I just don't think that it creates the same kind of non games that some I think that there's a reasonably those. high chance that they just win the game uh when it like when it comes in. Okay. Think, well do you ever I, do I you ever let a turn to Tinker high, resolve? I mean like I mean like a quarter to a third. Do you and ever? Then, I think lower. I think lower, personally. Yeah. And then if you can't answer it in one turn cycle, then they almost certainly win the game. Do you ever let an early tinker resolve? I think it depends on. No, the- that's there. That's actually that's an, a very excellent way of putting it. No, I cannot see myself being in a situation where I would choose to let a tinker resolve. Can you? And it's and too easy. Do to you cast always have? That. Yeah, exactly. Do you? Do you even always have the chance? To counter an early tinker, yeah. So like the big one that Morgan brought but up, the best thing that you can into is something that you can, na- you can nature's but like the, right. Like it's but like okay. Well, dies to removal. I'm not okay. Sorry, well, I'm not going to entertain artifact. that argument. <laughs> no, but no, you should, you should, but, because some of these things uh, like Yagos Bargain doesn't die to removal, so. right? But so Steel and Shaman. The whole thing. The whole thing. With, nice. <laughs> the whole thing. With, <laughs> the whole thing with Taker that Morgan brought up that um, I think sort of solidified in my mind. As like an unfun thing, this doesn't necessarily impact my entire decision, but like as unfun as it can be, is like turn one land crypt tinker is just not fun. And it's probably there's turn one land crypt risk. Yeah, and I was about to say it's probably 
less fun than Rissic Study Term One. <laughs> now that like now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think it kind of suffers from like the birthing pro the birthing pod problem in modern where like you're just gonna get better birthing pod lines and it, what are you gonna do? Ban all the good birthing pod creatures or just ban birthing pod? Yeah. Yeah, there's there is if definitely you're a risk. If banning it, then I could maybe get behind that. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to make the argument on a speculative ban here. All right. Okay, yeah, guess, yeah. Me so, too. Me too. Don't, so, yeah. Lyndon, I don't think you ever answered Matt's question. Can you see yourself letting it, choosing to let a tinker resolve? Like you on, have, on you have what turn? Let's say they have it. Does let's say they have two available mana. And three card, three or four cards in hand, and you have force of will and like a solid card that you don't want to like, not like Thassa's Oracle, but you have force of will and I don't know mana drain, and you're tapped. Um, like, I would, I would consider countering it probably pretty highly, but I, it's the same. It's like, so it. I'm, I'm thinking about Tinker really as a two card combo in my head here, right? You said two open mana, like it. If they're just getting, because I'm thinking of as Bolas of Citadel, right? What, what I'm thinking of is three mana Bolas of Citadel. That's basically all I'm thinking about. And like the, the what I think is like, okay, what's the what's their you know combo here? And their combo is going to be something like a you know Sensei's Divining Top, Go, going tutoring for a top or playing a top. And at that point, it's the combo is is Tinker Top, right? Well, for Citadel. Hang on, though, because there is like. Like, what percentage of the time does Bolas of Citadel let you find top from the top of your library? Like, it's reasonably high. Because there's, like... It's... Like, you can get stuck on lands, but, like, you can also hit Ponder, right? Like, setting aside the fact that you can hit Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, I think, Enlightened I think Tutor, the, the, Mystical the Tutor. You can hit on... Ponder, you can hit Preordain, you can hit Wheel of Fortune, you can hit, like... Like, like it's, I, there, there's lots of stuff you, you, you can hit, right? Like, sure, but I, I don't think the odds are, are it's so crushing that it's not a risk that I'd be, like, if it was just a tinker into, like, if they, if I didn't suspect they had the tutor or, like, the second part of the combo, then, you know what, there's a, there's a thing, I might just take the risk, right? That, and that also is to say that it doesn't necessarily have, it's not necessarily something I have to interact with on the stack, it's something that I can in, interact with once it's in play. I'm I'm much more scared of like a Thoracle consult combo than you know trying to you know someone tinker and then you know mess around and try to <laughs> to to do something right like what are the chances that you let a Thassa's Oracle resolve? Very like force of will, like tinker as like a single card thing that's like just a single card investment that they have to cast. It's just like really good. I don't think it's it's good. It's good. I just don't think it's like has to stay banned. Like if if they could maybe also find Paradox Engine, um, you know, and yeah, I, or, I definitely know, agree. Though, like, I think it probably stays in the ban list of Paradox Engine. <laughs> yeah, if we're unbanning Paradox Engine, I think then that, I then think, Tinker. I think that solidifies like, Tinker it. with the choice of Citadel or Paradox Engine definitely yeah, increases definitely the chance that, that you can just win a yeah. lot. But all right, um, but. Tinker, tinker with just Citadel. I, I, I don't think it's, it's all right. It has to stay banned. Final words. That's Lyndon's Matt. Uh, iffy to ban, but you know, based on conditions. So yeah, 
iffy leaning towards ban um i would say increasing in strength if paradox engine is unbanned. yeah I'd, I'd say definitely ban if paradox engine is unbanned um i'd say like unban but i'd be willing to think otherwise after testing i mean i think we're all in in the willing to change our minds yeah, after yeah. testing Right, <laughs> but I mean, there, like, no, there I'm are cards. In my tinker t- turns out Tinker Citadel is the whole meta. Everything. <laughs> well, I, okay, sorry. I don't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. w- when I put something in an iffy category, I don't mean if I tested it and I found it was fine, I unban it because that's true of any card. I mean, I would want to test this because I think there is a reasonable chance that I would find that it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next up, like which is not a way I feel about Tularean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So next up, uh, we have Library of Alexandria, and this is one from discussions that I've had with uh, with Morgan and. Haven't we? I feel like we've all had. I think this is going to be. This is this is one that I think might be another contentious one because I think that Library of Alexandria is just it's completely fine. You're gonna guess that we just all are hugely opinionated magic players <laughs> with years of personal experiences with oh, each no. of these cards. <laughs> I think there's a bit of a different expectation. I, I, so I'll, I'll preface by saying I don't think this should be unbanned, but I think that um, there's more of an expectation to be playing more cards in a turn, which greatly reduces the ability to keep your hand size at 7. Uh, and EDH versus formats like Vintage. But I think that incentivizing keeping seven cards in hand and having that opportunity is... Uh, it's it's far too good. I think this card is just far too slow. It just... Like, I feel like... It's, this I, is, okay, it's so much defi- worse than... Like, it's, it's, it's very comparable to Silver Library, in my opinion. far too slow. No. It might be too slow. It's The whole issue that I have with it is, like... It's this fantastic value engine for the decks that need it in certain situations at the cost of being colorless mana, which, like... I don't know. Is it a fantastic value it engine? It is. So... So okay, like what? you, so you're not making a turn one play if you're playing this right. You're not making so, you, but then on turn two, you're you're just you're, you've time walked yourself for the rest of the game in order to trade for a draw, right? Like you need to. Well, in order to trade for a draw, I don't turn. necessarily think that's like, <laughs> the right way to think about this. Uh, okay, well, actually, I think if Gracios was banned, then I think Library would be like more debatable because uh, I think like you could very easily. Play all your cards into a Thrasios to rebuild your hand. Yeah. And well, also then just drop a library. Timna. Timna is yeah, my Timna's big. Or sorry, or one. yeah, yeah, like either of the the big T's, I guess. Yeah. Like you just yeah get be able to get so, back okay. up to seven really easily just makes library so good. So do you think library is going to draw you more cards on average across the game than a Sylvan library? And will it cost you? Because every time you're tapping a, a library, it's costing you a mana, right? Every time you're tapping to draw a card, you're costing you a mana. So evaluate how much mana you're spending per card to draw across the entire game compared to a Sylvan library. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, like I just don't think it doesn't. I just don't think it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter because I would like I would play an enchantment that just had like one mana draw a card, activate this only once each turn. 
Like, yeah. I would certainly play that card. Yeah. But would that's, you play... That's a much oh, that's better different. card than, yeah, than yeah, Library, That's though. way different. It's just so much better than Library of Alexander. Yes. Well, cause, Why? Because that's a library strapped to a personal Seaborn Muse. That's also another thing that I want to bring up, though, is that, like, Library plus Sorry, sorry. Like, activate this... Sorry. Okay, yeah. Only once each turn... On and only your turn. Your turn. Yeah. Sorry. Like, and only if you have seven cards in hand. Well, so this is like what you have said is you're looking at the mana for cards. So okay, sure, I think sure, the sure. important part of this question is actually how real is that restriction? Well, I think um, it, yeah, I think it's a very so. So yeah. I will say I I tested a decent amount with Library of Alexandria in a no ban list environment, which it's certainly a lot stronger there. Um, because you have, like, you can, a lot of the time, your hand is, like, turn one library activate mocks, which is, like, not really a thing. And you can, like, you can tutor for Ancestral Recall and get up to seven in the later game to turn it back on. Yeah, if you're you're able to dump your hand and get back up to seven, that's where library really shines. But if you're trying to tap it every turn and maintain your card of your seven hand, your, your seven card hand, while, like, still progressing your board state... I think you're just you're screwing yourself in the most important terms of development, um, which is is why I think it's it's completely okay. It, it is also it is also true that in a no ban list environment, the, those turns of development are a lot less important yeah. because everything's faster and low to the ground. Um, but I I think that like this card, um, I I don't think it's too slow. And I think that, like, it it is also, like, maybe it doesn't go in the dork decks, but, like, there are decks that are still good that can't play dorks. And you don't care if you're, like, if you're let's say I'm playing Kess. I go, turn yeah. one, library, draw, turn two, land, Felwar stone, turn three start librarying again yeah yeah that's that's the best case scenario for library certainly but it's also that's also well, really good it's good I, I i think it's good i don't think it's like wow you know this i think it's comp like is 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 that you know mode on library much better than you know um you know like a, a ancient tomb into into you know signet into into like a ponder and then next turn you're like ancient tomb accelerating out a signet on turn one into like playing really effective um like a higher cost spell on next turn like maybe actually playing your commander or something that has high value yes i think it's a lot better yeah because i I think think i think that i think that library actually draw like one extra card a turn is actually enough that you in a deck like let's uh, i'll use kes consultation as an example because i think that that's one of the decks that it would be extremely good in. I think that that's actually good enough that you are fine sort of just playing from behind. Like if you go turn one, library, draw, turn two, library, or sorry, turn two, rock, and then turn three, you untap, you draw, you play your land, and essentially you, you're you fine to just hold up interaction because you've played a rock, you still have a full grip. If you don't have to use the interaction you can develop something else the next turn along with the land. Like, I think that that is a very fine And it goes for, like, play. most non-green decks as well, I think. Yeah. And also the fact that, like, it's fail case isn't you can't cast it. It's fail case is yeah. it just a, it's just a colorless land. Yeah, yeah. 
that you can then yeah. cast rocks with. And it's like, oh no, like a- <laughs> my my card advantage engine turned off. It's just a mana source now. I mean the the it's not a good card to see. Like it's not it's not like it's something like a Sylvan Library in a in a game that's been you know there's been lots of training back and forth or a Ristic study. That's something that's going to get you back into the game. This is never a card that's going to get you back into the game, right? It, this is a I, card that's your your completely. It's really good at the start of the game um, when you've got your your seven card hand, um, and and if you can maintain that, then it's 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 going to shine. Well, I, I think the other thing is that it can like paired with a wheel, it actually can get you back into the game. I mean, a wheel gets you back into the game. No, no. But if you're like behind on mana, a wheel doesn't get you back into the game. But a wheel with a library potentially does get you back yeah. into the game. I think the the library plus wheel is like the emphasis is on the wheel. I I, I personally I think like I, I think the wheel drawing a fresh seven when you're very low is is what's it's it's what's bringing you back, not the fact that you're going to get an extra card on top of that wheel. Like yeah. yes, that value well, engine. No, is it's nice, not an extra like, card wheeling, on top of that wheel. That's like not wheeling what I think into is a mystic wheeling and then playing a value engine is 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 like same diff to me like wheel and then play Myst- mystic remora wheel and play Ristic study but you can wheel and play sylvan library honestly i haven't seen a late game wheel go well ever <laughs> that's also fair <laughs> i think that's a fair um, point yeah and, and i also think that the fact that it doesn't it's not like a you, lots of decks it's not just a slam like it's a colorless card right so any deck could run it um, and the fact that it's not an auto slam in any deck, it, it's right in every deck, um, kind of speaks to the fact that I think this card is fine. All right. All right. Okay. I, I, I don't think that that's enough to conclude that it's fine. I think that's like, okay, sure. It's probably not enough that. to conclude it's fine. Like, but I think okay, that's probably do you think a good this indication. Goes, do you think this goes in every deck that isn't playing dorks? Um, probably because the play pattern you described is, is something, um, that almost all non-dork decks are doing, right? Trying to hit their their signet, so probably, but it's not going to go... I wouldn't necessarily say that's going to go into um, like a four or five color deck that wasn't playing dorks. I would. I mean, I'd put it in like most Timid decks, like most Timid Thrass decks, I think. As also not farm. Or something of the sort. Yeah, I think it pretty effectively goes into any sort of Thrassios or Timid deck. Where you actually do have that not running dorks, which is where yeah. we're covering a pretty goddamn wide variety of. <laughs> so fuck you. That being Fruit said, Chain, I guess. <laughs> there are a lot of common cards yeah, among the class of deck. Um, yeah. All right. Final opinions, Linden. Um. Actually, I just want to ask you guys one more question. So, do you think this card is stronger than most other cards? Like, like it, do you think there's cards currently in the format? Um. Okay, uh, how do I rephrase? How many cards in the format do you think are stronger than this card right now? Like, like rough estimate. You don't have to list them or anything. I think there's a fair amount of cards stronger than this in the format. Yeah, like I, yeah. I think not like a lot. Like I, I think I could come up with a list if I had ten minutes. Not like I'd, I'd have to think about it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I don't think this card cracks top ten strongest cards in the format. No, um, I don't think so, so either. So I think I think this is another this is a, a point that I, you know, obviously I'm not trying to compare this in terms of degree to recall. I I don't think that this adds very much. Like I think, I think giving I think, strength to the non-green decks is I think that does add something. The problem is that it also gives strength to 
Timna and Thrasios decks, who have the easiest I, I, time of sure filling I, up. I'm not the sure game. I, I buy that. Like also that, that, also keep, keep in mind that like turn games. one library draw, turn two land dork library is yeah, like this is not a bad play yeah. pattern that we're looking it's at right, here. Yeah. I think um, also another fair. difference which is subtle is you always draw on your first turn. Which is a bit different than how vintage works. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> that's that's, it's, that's yeah. That's another the fact that point. it's also very like that it still works when you're going first mm-hmm. is like pretty huge, kind of unhealthy. And I just I like, yeah, I don't think what Kest consultation needs is Library of Alexandria <laughs> to like. Yeah, I think like that's I not. That. I think I think it needs a tool set that sort of lets it answer stuff rather than like stuff that just lets it draw infinite. Like, it needs it needs better ways to, like, actually set its opponents back and not just keep drawing cards. Um, okay, so I guess right. yeah. Final final verdicts. I think this card is is fine to unban. Although I've now now like after after this discussion, I have like I, I still think fine to unban. But I have like now like a nagging feeling in the back of my head that's like maybe we've, we've maybe this accepted is too the good, idea but, uh, that it's too good. Into yeah, yeah. It's but it's yeah. deep. It's deep in there. So yeah, that's that's where I am. I'm kind of. I'm, it's funny because I'm kind of the opposite. Like I before the discussion, I was like, okay, definitely don't unban. But now I'm like, I I actually do want to give it a try because I think we are very. I think we are kind of at a high level of theoretical thought here. Like I think there is actually. I think if there's some practical implementation to this card that might be a bit different, and I, it's worth experimenting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I like I would keep it on the ban list. I think it's just too good of a generic value engine, but um, I can see situations where, or like outcomes during testing where it would come out to be, um, like fine. Um, I, on pure power level, I think I would say lean ban but on and adding in the meta impact i would say solid ban like even if it is too slow i like the punish for it being too slow is that you like lose games because people tap down early which is also not something i want to be promoting so reed you brought up that you said you don't want another or that you'd keep this card banned because you don't think a good another good generic value engine is, is, you know, healthy for the format or whatever, but is there a generic value engine that currently exists in the format that you think should be banned or that you would ban? Um, I, I think, uh, we're talking about persistent value engines. I think Sylvan library and Rustic study are on the edge. I think Sylvan library is probably too good for the format, honestly, looking at it objectively. And I think Rustic study has a case. So in if you if that's where your threshold is, then okay, then maybe I'm I'm in, in line with you. But it, for me, I was coming from the perspective that uh, if, if, if we're accepting, is okay for the format, yeah, then like if we're accepting everything currently fine. in the format, sure, I could see a case, but I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's even healthy to introduce more of them. Uh, I, it, we'll leave it to the to the ban discussion, but I do think that Ristic Steady is probably better than Library. Which library? Uh, of Alexandria. <laughs> Sorry, oh, of Alexandria. <laughs> oh man, I, library I, of I literally thought hundred percent better. I, I literally thought my because uh, earlier the same thing happened. I didn't catch it until afterwards. Yeah, uh, 
library okay. about alexandria yeah um okay uh, let's actually we've got we've got one coming up that i think we're gonna i want to move to the very end of the list so we're gonna of save course. this till later um <laughs> and we're gonna hammer out a couple ones um pretty yeah. quickly i think um so, we always say that. Yeah, yeah. We, we do always say that. Yeah, so uh, we'll also just mention that, yeah, we, we, we're we going to do this as like a full, uh, full like ban, unban, um, you know, like what, what would we like to ban? And like a longer discussion, but, you know, as we've Harry been doing Potter. this, the episode is getting pretty long. Harry Potter so episode we're seven, probably just going to be <laughs> ending it after, uh, after we talk about, um, we, we finish up this list. Yeah. We wound and each we'll other up and yeah. we're just going. Um, yeah, so without without further ado, uh, next up we've got Prophet of Crufix. Seedborn Muse, but better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sort honestly, of. I'm not even sure that it is. Yeah, it does, is it better? It doesn't have artifacts, which is iffy. This is the big one. Yeah, although, like, Seedborn Muse decks typically aren't leaning on artifacts I mean, super so hard. And it, I think the fact that you can develop stuff, like, that... The flash, yeah, the, the flash is definitely flash like is very super. Real. I think real. the flash is huge. I think so. Yeah, okay, I think the fact so that the, you can just cast Thoracal is now an instant. Yeah, okay, so that's the big one. Yeah, also, uh, the fact that you uh, can but that's, slam this okay. without already having a Thrasios in play and then slam yeah, a Thrasios on the next turn is nuts. I th- that's yeah. That's it. Also, <laughs> that's you can, That's amazing. Insane. <laughs> you can also just put this into like any blue green X commander centric deck and then like you just slam this and then if it doesn't get answered you can just flash in your commander and stuff and also have like mana up continuously yeah i definitely think that the the seedborn use play pattern is not like a healthy one and i yeah. think that this encouraging it is, is like not a good even thing <laughs> is it may not be as good but it's even more unhealthy yeah. as a play pattern yeah this is weird because I think we can probably just move. I don't think we have to just, we kind of covered everything that's important to cover about profit, right? Like uh, uh, in terms of like my verdict, this is one that's like, I think like it's not power level wise. Like I wouldn't say Seedborn Muse is like, you know, one of the most powerful cards in the format, right? It's a five mana yeah. card. It's very good. Blah, blah, blah. You build decks mana with basically ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like profit power level wise as a better Seedborn Muse and does all these things like, sure, it's good. Is it, you know, top of the format, best cards ever. No, I think power level wise, it probably fits in the format. But do I want this card unbanned? No, <laughs> definitely no. Not. Yeah. no, I don't. Yeah, I, I do. I'm definitely in the same boat. I don't want this card unbanned, but I'm having a hard time like comparing it to other cards that are banned and other cards <laughs> yeah. that are unbanned, yeah. and being like, yeah, this belongs in the banned pile. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes a long drawn out Thrasios game exactly. or a Thrasios Seaborn yeah. game. And I have also two words for you, Gilded Drake. Like, oh this is, God. like, I don't, like... Ah, like, that's a card I want to ban. I have the opposite impression with Gilded Drake. It's like a card I want to ban, but I know it shouldn't be banned. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you play all these decks that nah, are dude. super vulnerable to... Like, you need Gilded something to punish these. I, I hate Gilded Drake. Yeah, I, I truly hate it, but I think it makes sense. All right, so I think yeah. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much in favor of keeping this on the ban list, mostly for play patterns. I, I just I just have <laughs> such a hard time saying that. Like I don't no, I don't I need this, to yeah, test this, this card. This is a unique card that we've discussed in yeah. terms of it's like we all these cards we were talking about banning in terms of power level or is it is it you know okay? But this is the first one where I think we all acknowledge that power level wise it's fine, but it's just not a card <laughs> that should be legal. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I don't think I can bring myself. To like 
you know, go back and forth on like, I don't think I bring myself to say we should definitely unban Paradox Engine, but Product of Kerfix has to stay banned. So I think I'm at Paradox least Engine. leaning towards unban. All right. I think Paradox Engine, the play patterns of Paradox Engine are far less degenerate than Product of Kerfix, I think. I but think it suffers from the same card. problem. <laughs> I think it suffers from the same problem where like there are players who just can't win out of a Profit of yeah. Kerfix turns. Emphasis on the pluralization there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Prophet of Kruvix is basically just an active lighthouse chronology. Oh, I was right? thinking the exact okay. same thing. I was like, yeah. And we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so next up, we've got Raffellos. This is an uh, interesting one. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's not it's, a good. Com- like, as, as a commander. It's interesting it's the way no. that, like, a lot of. Like, it has this notorious reputation of, like, the the. The agenda against it is always like, oh, it's so broken the commands, oh no, it's so unfun. And like that's what we sort of inherit. Like that's what a lot of people inherit uh from like casual discussions about this card or discussion about this card in a casual context. Where like those where playing a six or seven drop on turn three yeah. is like a very real yeah, problem. Those don't <laughs> those specific arguments don't really hold up in CDH. <laughs> um it's honestly in the command zone, it's just sort of like worse Solvala. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like you just—it doesn't scale nearly as well as Slavala does. Well, right? it's yeah, it's it's really hard to like. It's much harder abuse. to get it so it, you can make infinite mana yeah. on like turn three. Like, and we it have also, to have... it's sort of just like because we don't run as much land acceleration. It's also sort of just like worse than Priest and Bloom Tender for like <laughs> a generic like fat mana dork on two. I don't know about Bloom Tender. But yeah, Priest is likely to make more yeah. mana faster. Especially in high-color decks where you ideally aren't fetching like a triple forest yeah, yeah. mana base as your first three like, lands. Rafael's is probably better think... than Priest in like mono green or like two-color, but yeah. As soon as you start like going up to higher colors, like I feel like Priest is just better. Yeah, so I actually really like that because I think Rafael's personally is, is actually a really healthy thing to bring into the format because it boosts the uh the lower color decks right you because you 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 need the forest right your four color decks you, most of the time they're they're prioritizing fetching you know island based duels right you know underground sea or whatever not not necessarily like bayou drop so, savannah right like so blink twice <laughs> if you're being held hostage by morgan for trying to get this unbanned for holland <laughs> <laughs> i want this unbanned for gitrog just another good way to cast gitrog oops uh but yeah like double green only off forests it's rough. like I'd, I'd probably play this as a as a two mana rock and like it's, it's not even that great yeah. in holland because that deck has a hard time using a like a lot of green that's fair mana. it's like a two mana <laughs> there's one a flooded stone. grove in that deck for a reason <laughs> all right i think we're all fine with it, honestly yep conclusion like unban unban um all right next one is sort of weird sort of a weird one right um this one's gifts ungiven and like so historically I feel like everybody's been fine with it. For the most part. Like it's not better than intuition, yeah. right? No. Uh, Depends. I think mm, historically historically oh, his, I think they were very like similar. historically yeah. it's not really better than intuition. Like it's better than intuition specifically Kess, because Kess is stupid and does stupid things. Um I think. No, I think but, it's better than intuition in every circumstance where you haven't put a specific 
three card this just wins the game combos set up in your deck hmm. like i'm just thinking like, like gifts yeah the like main thing like what do you better, do now like it, it, breach piles well but like it's also better if you're using it to find interaction i think sure. gifts like, works a lot better into a combo than intuition in that sense and like, all yeah yeah the fact that you get two cards in hand also means that like it, like gifts as evidenced by modern just kind of wins the game with past and flames and like you also get some much better rituals like like what do you do these days like gifts breach savine's reclamation and like just two other uh, uh how about, how about gifts or yeah. like or even if you don't want to go into like like setting aside breach you can be gifting for like i don't know even if you had to do like past and flames and yog will like i don't know dark ritual past and flames yog will dockside or like or Sick again earth in there. you use it you use it there's something that needs to be countered on the stack and you gifts for <laughs> a counter spell and breach savine's reclamation led or like yeah, that's fair like whoops but I mean, it's still like it's um, four mana right it's four mana, and if you're doing things with the graveyard, I think I don't... I wouldn't hate if there was a resurgence in, like, some amount of graveyard hate or graveyard consideration. I mean, like, I feel like we're about to it, see that It got that to an unhealthy point. I, I think, I think it naturally. got to an unhealthy point with, with uh, Hulk, with, where everyone was running Cage and, you know, Rest in Peace and blah, 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 and, you know, there's points where people were running, like, extra pate before Thoracle, before Fish Hulk. So, like, things got really bad. But I wouldn't hate to see where people are, you know, running some amount of, of graveyard hate. So, so. I, th I think that, like, yeah. you know, Reed, you mentioned people were historically fine with this card. I don't think that's because they were misevaluating or not looking at it right. I think it's because Underworld Breach wasn't a card. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely yeah, know. That's, that's, that's kind of sort of what I was getting we around to. Like, that, I, yeah, Underworld Breach existing yeah. sort of muddies the waters for this one a bit. Because it's just like, it's really good with it now. It sort of just like assembles it. Like it assembles the full combo for a single card. Wait, how much? How much? What are the mana requirements on? If you have a few cards in graveyard, is it just the best they can do is two mana? Yeah. Like it's it's two mana win the game after gifts resolved. Yeah. If you get, uh, like I don't know, dark ritual. LED. No, you get no, no, you get uh, brain freeze, LED, breach, savins, and I. Why would you? You don't need to get brain freeze. You have a gifts in your graveyard. I guess that's fair, but like even that, like so, like any any blank card in that third side, just those three together with a gifts. Well, like or like dark ritual or culling the weak. Sure, or something but like, that, but, like but, e but even then, yeah. like you just just those three cards, LED, savins, breach. The best they can do is put you at two mana. Which is they're literally giving you the breach. Yeah. Which is well, no, no, they, they can also just also, give you the LED uh, and if they give you the mana pile, then it's it's like zero mana, right? You sure. Go LED. Yeah. Well, if they oh, I guess the best they can do is actually three. No, it's still two because LED Sabines. You can play the LED, crack it, and then cast yeah. Sabines from the bin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, glad we figured that <laughs> Did out. Did the math on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so it is legitimately much lower than, like, like it is lower than it is with intuition. Yeah, so, and you can still do that when you're using it to find interaction. So I would... There's also the, like, 
the meme like unburial rights thing. Unburial rights is doing <laughs> Not okay. if you so unbanned like, Grizzlebrand. <laughs> sorry, there's the meme double and tomb. There you like, go. And the fact that you just get two cards to your hand is, like, very meaningful. Like, you can just kind of tutor for, like... Just a good factor fiction? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a factor fiction for four very good well, cards like, I don't that know. makes your opponent What if you fall? tutor for, like, Demonic Tutor 2 Rituals and a Past in Flames? Yeah, that gets... Or, like... There's, okay, let's not, let's not get buried... Like stuck on picking piles? up one million <laughs> gift piles. Yeah, I, I would say. Wait, like, but we haven't evaluated every combination of I'm four still, cards and all I'm of that. Still, yeah, but what if we've got a different set of rituals? I'm still and leaning toward unbanned, <laughs> but it's a lot less clear to me now than it was previously. Yeah. I'm on iffy unban. I'm I'm sold on that. I'm I'm with Morgan. Like I think I was much more clear on unban before breach, but now like maybe breach is too easy. But uh, again, four mana. Instant speed, it's like it is interactable. You can interact with breach, and you can interact at, at a bunch of different times. And it's not necessarily that you're, you're you can't. It's not like you can do like a bunch of protected piles or something like that, right? You can you can stack, you can play around giving um giving them protection. So you know it's good, but I don't think it's like unfair necessarily. So um, if you unban, yeah. I agree. next one, I think uh, yeah. I think you unban this. Yeah, uh, my reason like is a reasonably solid unban. Yeah, well, I mean, like a 7 out of 10. Like, I'm not quite iffy, but I'm, like, pretty sure you unban this. <clears throat> I think these the Breach-type strategy, if it were prevalent, uh, wouldn't last very long because it's, like, so easily countered. And also, like, a 4-mana card that works well uh, is still a 4-mana card. That's fair. Yeah, 4-mana is a lot. Yeah. That's a big balancing factor okay. in my mind. Um. So next, um, we have... Uh, and finally, yeah, final. oh boy, <laughs> this what? one's gonna be. Uh, sorry, okay, we have a quick one first, I guess. Upheaval. Oh, sorry, we do. Yes. Upheaval. The only the only reason why you would not unban this is just because of play patterns. I think. Um. Yeah. It. I, it's just annoying it, <laughs> more than anything. I think the the summary is that it creates games that you're extremely likely to lose, but just likely enough that you want to play them out, and they're gonna take a yeah. while. Just annoying. But my yeah. Tanawa deck... It's still, still worth unbanning, I think. Just because, like, but it does still have yeah. Sunder, man. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Power level... Like, I think it's, like, people control with upheaval. Like, they, they can just be trolly, but people can be trolly with other yeah, cards, sure. too, that currently exist, right? Armageddon, lol, don't have anything to do. Like, <laughs> sure. You can you can create miserable game states if you're trying to, but power level-wise, I don't think this card is um, too good for CDH. Matt? Uh... Unban it. I'm fine with yeah. that. Like, if you want to be that guy who casts the upheaval for value, or quote unquote, then you can be that guy. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or you can be that person, I, I suppose. Okay, oh boy, um, this is yeah. Unban and then no one play. Yeah. please. <laughs> uh, last but uh, not like least, certainly yeah, this is not gonna least. Be a Two oh, and a God. half hour episode Moon just lad. because of this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the last one is Leo. Oh, boy. So um, we've been. And this is one that's very concerning to me because people keep asking for this card to be unbanned and saying that it's like, oh, this would be healthy. You know, oh, I miss Leovold. And I'm just like screaming. And I'm screaming. And I, at least, at the very least, 
I, I think everyone on this podcast is like in general agreement about no, Leopold, right? I don't think so. Wait. Uh, well, okay. okay. There yeah. are aspects of Leopold that we all agree sure. on. Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. I want to make some points. I want to make some like, points before. Uh, so I think historically I've been pro unban, but that's also so that's that was also mostly in like the peak of the Thrasios Timna, like in my mind, like the reign of Thrasios Timna. Yes. Where I was like, we need something to hard stop these draw engines. They're they're taking over. And I was like, okay, you know what? Leave old would be a great way of, of solving that problem. But now that like I don't think that's necessarily as true as it was before, I think, especially now that like console is kind of like the like the best win condition package, like I think that Leovold is should not be unbanned because it's kind of just the best Soltai console that you can assemble. People were calling for Leovold unbanned during Fishhulk, like the Fishhulk. Uh, do we call it Fishhulk Winter or like Fishhulk Apocalypse? Or, I think it was the Dark Times. The Dark Times. <laughs> the dark yeah, times. Okay, during <laughs> during during the Dark Times, people were calling for a Leovold unbanned, and I just I I was my mind was blown because I'm like, you do realize that Leovold is also a very very good Flash Hulk into console commander. <laughs> right like yeah, it just it does it, it all and it's also it the worst part and i think morgan and i have talked about this before and this is the number one reason why um i am personally against leovold unbanned is that leovold begets more leovold the best answer to a leovold deck because if you're playing leovold consult um even if you're playing leovold flash you know consult um you still run wheels you run wheels because it's just a one card combo with your commander right it's it's just so free um so you run it and then what's the what's the best way to counter a leovold um deck that has wheels in it <laughs> well maybe if i run my own leovold deck then they're not going to be drawing cards as well off the the, the thing so you, leovold starts you, you have to a good way to answer leovold is to just play another leovold deck and anytime you get that kind of scenario where the best answer to a deck is itself it, it just perpetuates. It just explodes, right? So the meta would just be overrun with Leovold decks. It's not going to balance out Thrasios Timna. It's just going to usurp Thrasios Timna, except now the best counter to it is itself. And like you almost have to run it in many cases. I could see an argument to wanting to play white into a, into a uh, Leovold meta. Yeah. I'm just going to play Empress Galena mm. <laughs> and just steal everyone's Leovold. <laughs> give him cards anyway i think that's i think you put that really well uh i think i share the same uh i think historically i've been in favor of unban i think i, I was in favor of unban even when oracle hulk was in full string just because like you want anything but trassius timna mirrors continuously you so you'd rather leave old mirrors uh no because there's like there there is a reasonable discussion to be had about whether or not Orcaholic with white or Orcaholic with Leovold was better. Um, especially with stuff like Dovin's Veto in the format, Angel's Grace, uh, Silence, uh, having like good proactive engines, and then also not having to cast two spells. Just don't buy it. <laughs> your 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 engines how like you just who so you're gonna trade your ability to draw cards no but also like no but also the fact that if you unban if you unban suddenly there's a dichotomy where instead of just having to play partners and like some 
times Kenrith, because some people want to play Kenrith in that meta. You have this dichotomy where, like, Leval decks are probably the default, but also now partners get to play stuff like, uh, the partner decks get to play Rule of Laws, and the Rule of Laws hard counted Leval decks because they can't combo through it because they don't have Nomads on core. So, like, you get, like, Hulk Weaver versus Leveled Oracle Hulk, which I think is just, is more I, I, interesting than what we had. At this point, though, Leveled, no. It's not worth it. I, I still I still don't buy that argument necessarily for the the Dark Times, but again, it's probably like a, for, like, there's no reason to continue to... Discuss it, yes. Do, talk about, to discuss about that when it's like, we're very glad we're out of that. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely. Misery, yeah, so. right in time, yeah. yeah. I think, uh... I, I just... Yeah, I think Leovold is a great example of where like the band as a commander list would work well. Yeah, because as a two card combo, that isn't that like where Leovold is not in the command zone and therefore re- repeatedly castable. I think it's fine. Or a, a, yeah, as a generic it, it, it's hate bear, very, it's also very good. Like it's a very good hate bear. Yeah, yeah. And it, but you oh, know it has the downside of being a soul tie. Uh, green says the target. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely single-handedly makes Green Sun Zenith like 10 times more stable. Also, like, you can, like, good Eldritch Eldritch Evolution, Evolution to it. Neoform yeah. into it. Mm. I mean, it's a little harder to... I mean, you can Neoform yeah. through Essence into it, but, like, <laughs> two, drops, two drops are definitely a lot harder to get in play yeah. than one drops. And much less, like, feels good to Neoform them. So, I think... We said this was going to be a long segment, but you know, on Leovold, I, I think yes. it has a history. Yeah, it has a history I think it's of the podcast. Lyndon and I finally <laughs> it won. has a history of the podcast. <laughs> we did it, Lyndon. I know. <laughs> Just please, God, if if. Yeah, I was gonna say like, if you're a Le- if you're if you're a Leovold stand, just you know, just unsubscribe <laughs> from the podcast right now. But no. Also, okay, <laughs> one other thing I do want to say on people who publicly advocate for the unbanning of Leovold. Um, not only is it never going to happen, and I personally think it would be unhealthy, um, there is no better way to make it look like you actually just don't care about casual players at yeah. all than to ask for the unbanning yeah. of Leovold. Like... <laughs> Leovold is, is one of the things that... Um, you know, I've had this. I don't think we've talked. I've talked about this on the podcast in regards to banless philosophy. But I think cards that are, um, they're like cards that are great bans for casual, for um, casual EDH are cards that are accidentally unfun. So Paradox Engine was a great example, seen with like Prophet of Crucifix, where you can understand why someone would want to do that and not do busted things, right? Like they, they're playing it. They're like, Oh, I want to play my spells with flash and, and whatever. Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, Oh, paradox engine. That's going to, you know, have this synergy or whatever, but they're, they create accidentally unfun, um, games where it's hard to execute on, you know, your paradox engine combo or you're taking so many actions per turn with the uh, profit of crucifix and Leovold. It's, you're not, you don't even have to build the Leovold Turbo Wheels deck to be, you know, ruining people's fun in casual, right? You play your Leovold deck and all of a sudden, you know, blanking a ton of aspects of people's decks. Um, anytime they target any of your stuff, you're drawing cards, so you can't really get them in the one-for-one. And then, like, anytime you play a, a wheel or, like, anytime you can do something like that, you can just accidentally wipe the table, and not have a way to close and then people are just sitting there drawing off the top of their deck for the rest of the game right you don't have to intentionally build an evil evil deck for it to be miserable and casual and 
that's why I think it's like a great band for that and probably why it's never going to come yeah. off. Dude, that that just reminded the whole unintentionally miserable thing reminded me when I was first starting to like I bought a precon and then me and a bunch of friends brewed decks. One of my friends brewed a Riku deck with Sylvan Primordial in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and like, yeah, he didn't brew the deck being like, I'm just going to turbo Sylvan Primordial every game. But like, it'd be every time he had the option of what it was he was finding and putting into play and copying and blinking and whatever. <laughs> wow, it's the Sylvan Primordial. There yeah. go my lands. Yeah. 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 Yes. I think Leovold is the one that. Of the list we discussed, the unbannables, you know, starting with Arayo all the way through, this is the one that I am most staunchly pro-ban, never have this card come off. Um, and it's also the one that I think is most unlikely to come off. Yeah. Like, even if you want it unbanned, asking for it just doesn't make you look yeah, good. Pretty much. I think Leovold is definitely never going to come off the ban list, though I think I'm much more in favor of no Grizzlebrand than no Leovold. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put Leovold above either of Grizzlebrand or Talarian Academy. But Oh, uh, I, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And does anyone have anything else to say? Or uh, we can wrap no, up nope, this say we're good. Cool. So... That wraps it up for our discussion of cards that are on the ban list and things that we can potentially unban. Um, I don't think it's going to be in our next episode, but we'll definitely be doing a part two in, I think, two episodes from now. At some um, point so in stay the future. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Probably not super far in the future. Yeah, not in the distant future, but not in like the next episode. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, and before we close out, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll be doing like, alternate ban lists and all that kind of just fun discussion yeah so before we close out um we've got everyone's favorite segment uh and that is gut check yeah check <laughs> say it <Gut> check <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh this week's gut check is brought to us by morgan so uh and it's i think very on theme with this episode which is in your ideal world, would the power level of CDH increase, stay the same, or decrease? And to what degree, if you want to add that? Wait, sorry, decrease what? Increase or decrease what? The power level. The power, oh, the power level? Hmm. I got mine. Um, I think there's okay. certain aspects of power that I'd like to address more than others. There's definitely an element of that, and I recognized that when I created the question. But Yeah, so I'm going to say decrease under the umbrella that I would like to decrease the incidental value of the format with cards like Ristic Study and Mystic Remora. <laughs> and by decrease, I mean a 100% decrease of those cards. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, I think um, I'm pretty happy with the power level. I think I would also like to decrease, but I'm not necessarily concerned about the incidental value cards. I'm more concerned about the um, cards that make the games very swingy. So I'm I'm not a huge fan of Soul Ring or Mana Crypts and how you know a turn one 
crypt into Ristic study, <laughs> talking pitching off Matt's Matt's what he's talking about. Like I think crypt and soul ring are just not like I think those cards are you know similarly powerful to Moxon. So I, I don't think those cards should be in the format. I think I would definitely decrease, and for a reason that I've been pretty vocal about pretty continuously for the past three years. <laughs> Which, okay, we'll ta- we're talking about this we, next. We are, so we won't go into this a very large amount. But uh, ban fetch lands, they're terrible for the format. How do you feel about access to Calvary's Oh speak? my god. No, but my, but my Gitrog draw trigger. Um, I, I think they're I, I think just, they're just unhealthy. They alone. sort of shut off or assist in shutting off one of the main points of counterplay for uh, high color decks in the format and I would like to introduce more counterplay i.e. making Blood Moon and Mana Hate stronger so that's why my power levels would go down problem, problem is is I totally agree with like as much as like I love I love, <laughs> and I love fetch lands and life from the loam and all the value shenanigans but like I, I agree that I would love to see fetch lands go and, and how that you know, brings some of the power level of four color and stuff in line. But like, I, I could never see that as a prescription for EDH as a whole. Cause I think, I think it's lands, a different the fetch lands, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the fetch lands, what fetch lands do for like casual and mid power EDH. Um, like the lands archetypes really, really like, uh, using yep, and and I, I fully acknowledge that. I think it's a good, here's what they should EDH. do. They should just ban on color. fetch lands. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it actually, I've looked into it. It doesn't do, it doesn't do as much as you'd like. Huh? I, I don't think. What? I think it does exactly <laughs> what I'd exactly. like it to do. Yeah, that sounds pretty like, effective. I think I'd like to skew three color more what? than... No, no, no. Anything that, that contains right? colors that you're in. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. Sorry. Uh, no, I just, meant like, oh, I was it has like, to have one oh, color sure. that you don't have. Yeah, still so like, oh, okay. so like Thrasius and Timna can run all the red fetches. <laughs> okay, well, what if they banned fetches and then printed one color fetches? <laughs> okay. Like, all I don't right. know. Like, does 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 Thrasius and Timna only like being able to run four fetch lands? Like, does that actually? Uh, I mean, four, even if they're bad fetch lands, even if they're bad, lands. like you you get to run dual lands that like they, they no, still are. Uh, like, yes, it matters because each of those yeah. fetch lands is fundamentally like a two color like. You get the color it is and one other color, not like this massive array of two colors. Like you can it nerfs them, but I don't think it, it, it nerfs them as much as I well, would keep like. Well, like, like, yeah. currently the deck, most iterations of the deck don't even run Arid Mesa. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so like Arid Mesa is like really not a great card in that deck. And like, I, I, I just would like to see like, Ideally in CDH, I would like to see like all like Thrasius Tim to not be able to run a single fetch land. Like I agree with all you. Alright, Morgan. What you well, got? That's what, yeah. I was just trying to preserve like yeah, yeah. the yeah, fact sure. that Gitrog wants fetch lands. <laughs> um, uh, I I would also say decrease, um, but again on a slightly different axis than everyone else, which is I think it just needs to be a little bit harder to win the game. Like particularly I think that if the costs and card requirements of the commander-centric combos were comparable to where the commander-agnostic combos are now, and then the commander-agnostic combos cost a little bit more, that would be a lot better in my mind. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. I like that. 
Okay. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod via our email, Into the North Podcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Next, special thanks to all of our patrons who help, keep, who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash North Podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye. Peace. Have a good Stay tuned for part two.